Welcome to the swing and big band sounds of WPFW Radio. Here's a soon-to-be Christmas classic, Baby It's Cold Outside, by Jan and Scott. We now go live to the Potterfic Weekly Ballroom. Outside. I've got to go but baby, away. It's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you drop every night. I'll hold your hands there just like I. Father will start to Beautiful worry. what's your hurry. My father will be pacing the Just floor. listen to the fireplace so roar. Really I'd better Please don't well, hurry. maybe just a half a drink more. Put some records on while I fall. Neighbors might Baby, it's bad out there. Hey, what's in this No caps to be had out there. I wish I knew your how to break the spell. I'll take your hand, say your hair looks small. I have to say no, 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 at least I'm gonna say that I now tried I really can't oh, baby, stay Oh, but it's cold outside I simply must baby, go it's cold outside Answer is Hi, no it's cold outside Welcome has Lucky been that so nice and warm. Sister will be suspicious. Gosh, Brother will be there at the door. My maintenance mind My is vicious. Well, maybe just a cigarette more. Maybe before. Got to get home. Lend me it's your up heart. to your knees out there You've really been great But don't you see How can you do this thing to There's me There's got to be talk tomorrow At least there will be plenty implied yeah, and I really can't stay Oh, oh but it's cold Oh, but it's
lights, even stoplights, blink a bright red and green. As the shoppers rush with their treasures, in the snow crunch, see the kids bunch, and this is Santa's big scene. And above all this bustle, you'll hear silver bells, silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city.
Jen, how's it going? You left me out for like half an hour. <laughs> Jen, I'm so sorry. Jen. <laughs> it's okay, Jen. You're back. <laughs> Yo, Rob, if you do that crappy. Thank you. Have y'all been making fun of the way I talk this whole time? Jen, my question. How much of our lives do you think cold. revolve around you? <laughs> No, I'm sorry, that's a relatively inside joke, because all last night when I was doing something for Jen, um, <laughs> I was making fun of her using a Texas accent. And, She's from Texas. Yeah. Why are you making fun of this woman? <laughs> I'm from Arkansas. Damn what? it! No, she, <laughs> she really does sound like she's from Arkansas. I I sound sound like a Texan. All right, everyone. Yes, I have start, Texas. Everyone. Thank you, Chief. Ella, Thank you. Waving my hands, waving my hands. Everyone, I have startling news for you. You're I've in made, a pilgrim suit. Yes, I am in. No, but I have something to tell you in a minute. <laughs> Are you in a Santa suit? No, but it gets better. I've made a command. How about decision. an elf suit? Okay, we already covered that, Rob. You're going in circles. Okay. <laughs> I've made a command decision. We've already oh, Brian, started I the podcast. I need to tell you. Well, you can it's like the West Wing. We've already started the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Ryan. I'm Jen. I'm Chi. I'm Robert. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Peons, <laughs> do not, do not cut ahead in line. Meg, <laughs> Meg, Meg is above peon. Meg has been elevated from peon. Meg, say hello. Yay! I'm not a peon. <laughs> I'm Meg. Now, Robert, you can go. Wow. Okay. I'm Robert. Head peon. <laughs> they have a representative now. There's like four <laughs> other people in the room, isn't there? Did anyone not say hi yet? Yeah. I'm Dan. Dan Robert has more electoral votes than all the other people. <laughs> <laughs> Robert. Excellent. <laughs> I feel tilted right now. Hillary, <laughs> Hillary Clinton is very interested in Robert at the moment. That's basically we should. Oh my uh, I hope not. Yeah, I, I, I really, really hope not. All right. Is, can, is everyone listening to this right now is probably trying to figure out what the hell is going on. First of all, if we've done our jobs right, and we we hardly ever do our jobs right, but in the in the narrow you know event that we have done our jobs right, today's Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Everyone's looking down right now, like, this episode's coming out on December 28th, you people suck. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then a merry belated Christmas to you. There you go. All right, the deal is, if we have done our jobs right, you have just heard four podcasts in four days, and now you get this. We are exhausted. We have nothing. We have nothing left. Left. This is like this is essentially our Jen especially. (laughs) This is our Christmas party. Oh, are we gonna have the hot Christmas gift section of the podcast? Is that where we're at right now? Yeah, sure, Meg. Meg, what is your hot Christmas gift of the year? You can jump in there. I have no idea. (laughs) Are you done with your Christmas shopping? All I've been buying is like rockets and cars. We have and to another we, rocket. We, we just have to feel bad for Meg. Meg has spent the two week the last two weeks with only people under the age of three. Are you excited about episode thirty three of Potterfic Weekly? What?
Are you excited about episode 33 of Potterfic Weekly? What? Noah, are you excited about this episode? No. <laughs> this is like the most depressing <laughs> podcast Potterfic Weekly has ever done. <laughs> All right. So basically, we are going to be, um, as the conversation gets boring here, and quite frankly, that's going to happen frequently, we are going to jump in with messages from Potterfic Weekly community members who have felt the urge to call and sing to me. I have to tell you, this is a new experience for me. <laughs> what, Jen, Jen, do we have anything else coming up in this episode I should know about? <laughs> yes, we do. Actually, Jen, Jen, are you watching TV while you're recording? Because no, I'm like trying to make trying away. to make an executive decision right now and talk at the same time. <laughs> what, like, executive decision? <laughs> what executive decision could you possibly be making right now? Well, obviously, I'm not making any decision. <laughs> Right now, that's the verdict. What executive decision were you making? Jay, help me out here. Jen Jen is trying to decide when the appropriate moment to pounce on you is, and we have decided that now is not. All right, can we just please explain what's happening here before the pounce? All right, this is this is what happens. You give Jen an inch, and she takes a mile. Right. Jen on the part now like if you Should go I be offended here? If you go if you join the Polyphic Weekly Forum, which everyone cool is doing, it is, cool. it is like a small town. There you it know really it really is. There's there's like, you know, you have the mods who are kinda of like the policemen, and you have, you know, the tech people who are kind of like the firemen, and you have the town floozy who well basically, you know, could be Meg one week. Um and you have <laughs> Could be cheating. It's always me. But let's be realistic, Meg. I apologize. It's obviously Jen. And you know you have (laughs) we take turns. And you have the town drunk who. Well, well, when we have one, it's usually Tina, but we love Tina, so we're going to take that back. Hi, Tina, love you. And so, so you have, you have, you know, your your whole little community here, and you know, so Jen, I am the headmaster, and Jen is the deputy headmistress, which implies that Jen, you know, will work with me and will share things with me, and you know, we will have a little harmonious, not harmonious, not going there, have a little harmonious, harmonious you know, little little time here. So I get on the forum yesterday. <laughs> and, I, and, and I and I go to the Hufflepuff common room, which is you know it's my bastion of solitude. It's what's the place Superman goes? Fortress. Fortress, Fortress of, of solitude. solitude. Fortress of solitude. I wasn't saying that like I'm like I wasn't trying to say that before. Like I was looking for yeah, some but, example. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Richard. Superman got beat up by Batman, by the way, just letting you know. Thanks, Richard, for for being helpful. The Batman movie looks awesome. So I get. It's it's nice. So I get. I, I just want to, I'm, I'm jumping right over you, Richard. You see that? I just wrote, like, this <laughs> time. I am, I'm used to yeah. that by now. So Thank I got, oh, please, I have not talked over you nearly as much as I could have. All right, so I get to the <laughs> Hufflepuff common room, and I see the following. As I get there, I, you know, I get inside, I'm like, <sighs> and I look, and I see, Ryan, stay out, top secret, do not read if people call you Huggles. <laughs> so I'm like, the hell is going on? I'll go to the staff room. Because someone there will explain to me what's happening. So I go to the staff room, and I read the following. Top, top secret. This is for all staff, excluding Ryan. Seriously, Ryan, no peeking. Yeah. There are like That's land, the title. There are landmines. So then I call Danielle, and I'm like, Danielle, you will not believe what is happening on the forum. She's like, oh, I know. <laughs> I'm like, how do you know? She's like, Jen called me. 
And I'm like, all right. So then I go in, then I, you know, I go and I, and I run into my mother. I'm like, Ma, you're never going to believe what's happening. She's like, Oh, I know. How the <laughs> Did hell do you know? Her? She's like, Danielle told me. And I'm like, what the, like, the, <laughs> so like my, like, like Jen has taken over my life and has banned me from my own form. <laughs> and I've had such a good time doing it though. Well, that makes me so happy. Jen. I, I really, I that, um, I've really worked hard though, haven't I? Did you even sleep? Yeah, last night? Jen has been yeah. a busy, busy bee. I've worked she hard. Has been nearly unavailable on Skype, which is bad for me because Jen is like my personal whiner adder sometimes. <laughs> Dude, you're mine too. <laughs> so, but Jen and I have both been very busy working on this. And yes. so I think so is everybody else on the staff. So, well, yeah, everyone me. who has participated has been just as busy, I think. I haven't I been able so. to participate. I was banned from the forum. I know. I'm so sorry. Can Actually, I'm not back? at all. Can You're I gonna back? Back? crying, you big ninny. Uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'm going to let Chi be the one. Chi, you decide when we shock him with it. I'm going to be shocked? You're going to be shocking uh, yeah. all Okay, the last time I heard that we invaded a foreign country, I'm getting nervous. Yeah, and it worked out really awesomely. Yeah, because that was a success from beginning to end. So, okay. So, Definitely. Which country did we invade? Uh, that would be Iraq. Cambodia? Oh, oh, sorry. Iraq. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Cambodia? Okay. Angelina Jolie invaded Cambodia. Do they have um, CNN in Texas? Okay, seriously. Wow. There's the story with this, okay? All right. Um, they... The Collegian at my school, which is the newspaper, always gets my marching band director at a bad time because he has, like, 340 members in his marching band, and he's always crazy busy. And so they were asking him, you know, um, what what uh, what things he was doing special for the new bowl game, and wasn't he under a lot of stress and blah, 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 and all these things. And he goes, oh, Jesus Christ, it's a bowl game. It's not like we're invading big Cambodia. <laughs> so that's what they printed as his quote in the collegiate. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, anyway, um, that's right. that's the story. All right, so before we move on with this very educational and very well <laughs> episode of Perfect Weekly, we are not, in fact, invading Cambodia. No. We apologize to all Cambodians. We do. The Cambodians, we're really, like, really sorry about that. <laughs> One more nice to add in the poof while built. Oh, God. Actually, Ryan, I think um, I think now we're going to take over the yes, um, sorry this episode. Uh-huh. Sorry, and we're kind of going to take it our own direction. Last time you and, did this, you kicked uh, me off the podcast. No, 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 no. We're not going to kick you smart. off. All right, it's not we're not going right. to kick you off. Yeah, it, it's it's more of a. We want to say Merry Christmas to you, Ryan, mm-hmm. and yes. we're going to do that in a very special way. Okay. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas, ladies. Um, this, okay. <laughs> um, basically, what we have done is we have asked various members of the forum, the forum in general, mm-hmm. to um, say a few words about our favorite teddy bear. And um, I have a few letters from my Ravenclaws. And then um, we'll move we'll move right on through the list. So Ryan, we want you to sit back I'm and relax back. I'm a teddy and uh, enjoy this. So and very much enjoy because a lot of hard work has gone into it from everybody. I am very so. appreciative of that. Although I never knew I was a teddy bear, but I learn new things every day. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, this is this. Here we go. Dear Ryan, 
Thank you so much for all the work you put into the forums to make it seem like a homey, one big family environment. You obviously work for hours on end to make this forum the wonderful, happy thing that it is. Without your amazing levels of output, we would not all be happy Puffwanians recovering from the fabulous U-Ball, but bored people with nothing to do. <laughs> it's amazing that on top of all the amazing things you do, you still go to work like a normal person and put in all the effort involved in a normal work day. You are an amazing asset to all of us, and you are responsible for each and every one of us having fabulous Puffwanian friends. Along with the incredible things you do for our forums, you also manage to pull out a podcast every week, and a wonderful one at that. Plus, that whole five podcasts one week thing, how will you ever find time to sleep? I'm having she do all the work. (laughs) There you go. The best part of this is that you do not do this for reward, but because you find it fun, which shows us a little of your amazing, persevering character. Ryan, everyone at Potterfic Weekly Podcast and Forum appreciates all that you do to run this site and applaud you on the wonderful job that you are doing. Big hugs from the Puffwanians. Thank you so much, Allie Girl. She's oh. our youngest Ravenclaw. Allie Girl, how long has Allie Girl been on the forum? She's been. She's been weeks. around about <laughs> maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, new. she's She's a real sweetheart. I love her to death. Well, uh, here we go. Well, first, I just want to say thank you very much, Allie Girl, and Lady Chi will give you a complimentary T-shirt uh, as soon as you're <laughs> able to hook up with her, and she'll, and she'll help you out. But thank you very much. It's, that's awesome. Hey, everyone. It's Jin from the forums, and I just have a letter of appreciation to Ryan for all that he's done for Puffwa. Dear Ryan, thank you so much for making this site and the podcast. Thanks for devoting so much time to everything Puffwa-related, because it's made a difference for so many lives. Puffwa has given me a third home, one that I feel will always accept me for who I am. I feel as if I can be myself here without any masks, without trying to change myself for people to like me. Ryan, words can't express how very grateful I am to you for all of your hard work, effort, time, and that New Year's resolution that changed it all. I love every aspect of this site, from the sorting hat, the Puffwano family, the balls, the games, the classes, but most of all, the people. And that's the reason that I am indebted to you is because without you making the site, I would never have met and become friends with so many people here. I can't even name all of them, but without you, I would have never known that they existed. In all honesty, I doubt that I've even scratched the surface on how much you are appreciated. But maybe I picked up the shovel. Bottom line, thanks so much. And in true purple fashion, tackle Huggles Pounces. Much love, June. Oh. <laughs> June, thank you very much. Again, Lady Chi has all of the t-shirts in all sizes, all colors. Please see her immediately after the show tonight. And I just want to say one thing, too. A lot of people put a lot of work in to the podcast. I just want to single out Dan for a moment. Dan just, he, not only did he put together the Halloween ball, which I, we, we, did we nearly kill you during that? Was that a rumor? Dan? I, cause yes. Well, it wasn't a rumor. I actually told people that you nearly killed me because well, I'm, I nearly killed myself, I should say, because it was just so much work. And you were nearly hospitalized. And I, 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 like, I was telling people you were actually like running the show from the ICU. But like, honestly, a lot of people put in a tremendous amount of work. The Puff Wallano family, there was no way I can take credit for it because there's absolutely no way I could have actually anticipated that. I think it, I have to go back and look at the post. I think it started as like a small role playing game one day and it's developed into this massive, soap opera with like hierarchies and I actually went on Mm -hmm. there and I I usually don't read through those threads but I was on there the other day and there's a thread where you can sign up to become a member of the family and I I think it might have been Allie Girl I don't remember who it was someone actually posted "Uh, guys do you have any idea when I'm going to be able to be born 
and I cracked up <laughs> laughing for like 20 minutes. So it's just things I never could have actually guessed. So it's 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 definitely an amazing place. It's really fun. It, I like causing drama there. You're the patriarch, though, aren't you? Yes, I am. How many affairs have you had since that started? I'm just curious. Just like, I can't say that out loud because then I'll be divorced. So. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to cause Pufuana a wank, so I'm not going to press you. Oh, on that forty-seven. There you go. But it's, it's like literally, there's parts of Perfect Weekly that I like will email Jen or Chi and be like, "Can you believe what's happening? Like, who the thunk it?" But it's an amazing place. But it's because of all you guys. But thank you very much. Okay. You're like, stop talking. <laughs> okay. I have got one here, and I just want to make it clear. Jen, I can't hear you. Oh. <laughs> thinking was up. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I just want to make it clear that we're just reading a few of the one the letters that people weren't able to voicemail in, and that the majority of these letters are in voicemails and in audio files that we will have playing in a bit. Okay. So here is one from P.S., Okay, she wrote, everything I'm going to say here is going to sound really cheesy because Potterfic Weekly is such a big part of my life that it's really hard for me to put my feelings about it into words, but I'll try. Over the years, I've been in fandom. I haven't really ever found a consistent place I wanted to hang around. It seemed that every um, niche of the fandom either had parts that annoyed me so much it became unenjoyable or it was far too huge for somebody like me to break in. I started listening to the podcast with the seventh Horcrux and joined the forums after SC number two. I haven't looked back since then. I think I've talked about how since I found Potterfic Weekly, my activities on other HP sites have dropped off almost completely. And you know what? I love it. I can't remember having this much fun on a regular basis before Potterfic Weekly. This place has really been my online home and I couldn't be happier. You have no idea how much I appreciate all that you do for us and all that you put up with. I can't tell you how much this place and the people here have expanded my horizons. You made me read Het and have inspired me. I think I, I think I found a place I can call home. I love the environment you've created here. I don't think I could ever find another place online, even outside of fandom, where I could be good, very good friends with people who have such different tastes and opinions from my own. And I love being able to know everyone really well. Thank you, Huggles, for all you've done for me. I really, really owe you one. Hoping 2008 is at least twice as fun as 2007 was. P.S. Well, P.S., I just have to say, the fact that I brought you over to the dark side, you know, pleases <laughs> me very much. Um, you're very welcome, and I'm glad to hear that you've had to stop eating cat food as the snow has melted in the greater Boston area. <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing something? Uh, yes. <laughs> just, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. just wanted to make sure. Okay, so that's awesome. Jen, this is all you, isn't it? <laughs> this is, no, this is Chi and me. This is, okay. we did everything, and it would have been Chi, Meg, and me, except Meg had a life crisis this weekend. <laughs> but she will definitely get kudos next time. <laughs> yeah. oh, thanks. Jen, the next episode yeah, is going to be about goodness. you. I just want you to know. No, no, it's not. <laughs> This is all about you, babe. Oh, thanks. Yes. No, this, is, this is awesome. Yes. Like, honestly, it's just, it's, I never had, like, someone mentioned the New Year's resolution. I made a New Year's resolution, um, like, the last, this time last year, that I had, at the time, I, I forget, I think I had, like, ten podcasts I listened to all the time, and there were all these fan projects, which I followed, and, and I spent all of my time, you know, devoted to all of these different activities that other people were producing. And I really wanted to try and produce something 
myself, just because I thought that would be uh, a really just interesting thing to try. And I remember coming up with this, you know, grand plan to to come up with um, Parfic Weekly. And if you actually search for Parfic Weekly, you'll find my original posts. I posted everywhere. It was called like Midnight Resolution. I came up with the idea like at three in the morning when everything seems like a good idea. Yeah. And the next day, I'm like, "What the hell was I thinking? I can't do a podcast." <laughs> so I almost get, and I'm glad I didn't because I got to meet all you people, and it's really changed my life. I mean, at my wedding, when you know, I I say I do, and in the background you hear someone screaming, "I'm Jen!" You'll know that Parfit <laughs> Weekly has you know made some type of large scale impact on my life that I can never turn back from. So. Not going to be horrifying, but okay. <laughs> I, I joked on a podcast that we were going to podcast from um, from my wedding, and I'd say, "And welcome back to Perfect Weekly, everyone." I do, and Danielle heard me make the joke, and she punched me so hard in my arm, I actually got like a bruise. So oh I, am, I, I am for no, she didn't hit me that hard. I got oh. It. Because <laughs> I would be like, oh, I've been there. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> okay, sorry. You're like, okay, that was dry humor. That wasn't fun. But, um, <laughs> So apparently uh, nice. we won't be able to go that. <laughs> Rob's like, what the hell is going on here? But, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's well, quite all right. Yeah. What I wanted to do now is that um, everybody else on the forums, we're going to play your voicemails for Ryan and, you know, we'll intersperse them in the episode. But um, all the hosts, we're going to do our letters live. So, um, <laughs> Meg, do you want to go next? Is it mine? I'm turn? putting you, it's your turn. <laughs> Really? Have, have we had order ever on this book? Oh, yeah, we do. No. If you want, I mean, I can go. I don't care. If you, you want. <laughs> you wow. can't be more embarrassed about yours than I am about mine. Oh, Jen. Jen, I have to ask, do you confess your undying love for me? Because I was wondering when that was going to happen. I wasn't sure if there'd be seven um, people in the room at the time, so I was concerned. Um, yeah, you'll just have to wait and see. All right. <laughs> You can tell we're getting, like, on in episodes, and we need drama, so it's like the wedding. <laughs> then we can have the wedding episode. Yes, that'd be great. <laughs> be great. I'm going to cry. I will cry. Because I love Danielle, and I love Ryan, and I'll, I will just cry. <laughs> it's Massachusetts. You and Danielle can get hitched. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, wow. Danielle <laughs> sitting in a tree. No. <laughs> Next. So, Meg, how about that letter? <laughs> is it me first? Yes, I'm we're, we're going landlines first, okay, and then we're going. So I'm gonna. I'm just dedicating myself as last. <laughs> I'm gonna be last. <laughs> I get dead. It's it's great to be the deputy headmistress, isn't it, Jen? Dude, it rocks. No. <laughs> I can't believe I have to go first. I'm oh. nervous. No, don't be nervous. Okay, I'm can gonna I just stop for a moment and ask a question? And this is going out to the greater Puffwa community. I have heard <laughs> rumors in the past few weeks, and I'm not going to say where I've heard these rumors from, but it rhymes with Baby Chi. And um, I've heard rumors that people on the forum, you know, are, are, are nervous talking to me. And, and I've heard that, too. May I've I ask it. why? I don't know. Is it like... Somebody that- like- to talk to me the other day, they were intimidated. I was like, oh, "Gosh, <laughs> why?" Like, oh, and then Massachusetts scare me. So, like, I mean, like, gee, Robert, you're the you're the experts on the fandom here. Is there like some type of you, you know aura that goes around <laughs> hosts or admins that there's like you know like you're afraid to talk to them? Is there something that I'm just not aware of? 
It's it's pretty big. I you know it's pretty normal for people to not like to not to be intimidated by web straight website and administrators. I would say. Okay, so so it's 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 yeah. kind of like a conditioning thing that people go through when they join the fan. Well, I mean, you're you're what what people would term an authority figure, but if they listen to the podcast, I would I would assume that they would realize that you're I have an no control over anything. <laughs> well, I don't put it that well, I was I banned from my own forum. My mother wouldn't tell me why. I really have absolutely no control over anything. I love your mother. What did she think of my song? She my, she thought that no, she thought well for one thing she couldn't tell the difference between your voice and she's voice. I'm not sure how carefully my mother was listening. But she thought that she's like they do they do they have record deals? I'm like I don't oh. think so. She's a cashier at the supermarket. I don't think so. <laughs> If she is, she's a drunk. <laughs> so, so I don't think so. But um, well, I think I think something that you can consider is the fact that I mean, you have these people who listen to you guys' voice on a weekly basis, and I mean, granted, I mean, you're not celebrities by any stretch of the imagination. You're but celebrities it's like, by no stretch of the imagination. I know. <laughs> But it, but like, Thanks, for some, <laughs> Robert yeah, is Robert is in charge of making that. sure our heads don't get too big, and Robert does a exactly. damn good job at what he does. Oh, I I pride myself on that uh, job right there. But um, but it's just like, but I think that there there is like, I there's a few couple couple of times like there's been um websites that I've been interested in and and just meeting people. I mean, it's not like it's just almost kind of meeting uh, not a celebrity, but just like someone who like has some kind of popularity or like clout of like fame-esque type stuff. So So I mean, I'm going to put this to rest right now. If anyone listening to this has not joined our forum yet or has not approached this community, I urge you go to the perfect weekly forum, (laughs) register and feel free to say anything you want in the world to Jen. She will be glad to talk to you at any time and she will, and she will handpick those who she deems important enough to talk to me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Call, call me. I'll give you my uh, cell phone number. I'll call you when I'm going home. Beyond number seventeen. Beyond number. number 17. No, seriously. Everyone, come. For, everyone, don't be nervous around me. Seriously, like gym class, sixth grade. I was that kid who got picked last. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, and don't be scared Aww. to talk to me either, because <laughs> it's too entertaining talking to Jen. I know. Yeah, I'm right. on the phone with her, and she's like, "Oh crap, I hit a midget. I have to go." Hit that. <laughs> well, it's, no, know, it's, 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 that poor guy. Meg, yeah. I, I bought you as much time as I could. Read your thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll read it. Okay. Now, don't interrupt me, Ryan. Promise. I, I wasn't interrupting you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Dear Headmaster Huggles, my very favorite Hufflepuff. I was given one hour. Yes, Ryan. One hour to put thoughts to paper on just how much you, our esteemed Headmaster, means to me, the latest head girl give ever. Her time. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's not her fault. It was my fault. <laughs> All right. I once lived without Puffwa. There were dark times indeed. No four-hour podcasts or exploding Yellowstone mornings. I was lost, <laughs> lost in a sea of Harry Potter fans equally as obsessed as I. But there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And thanks to an amazing fic, insert shameless seventh Horcrux plug here, I finally found my Harry Potter home. By loyal forum members and listeners of the podcast, Puffla is often referred to as a family. I fully feel the truth of that statement. 
And who do we have to thank for this fandom phenomenon? And yes, apparently a bunch of Harry Potter fans who actually like each other and get along is a phenomenon. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, Huggles. It's you. (laughs) I could say a lot of heartfelt things about Ryan right now. I could go into detail about how much hard work you put into the podcast or how you add intelligence to the podcast as well as your own version of humor. But the quality that I love most is the most awesome Gryffindorness of you, Ryan, is your loyal friendship. There's also courage. I think we can all agree that dealing with three silly, forgetful, accident-prone, and on occasion downright you-know-what women on a nearly daily basis, yeah, takes guts. Honestly, though, Ryan, you are a great and loyal friend, and thanks to you, I have met people that will no doubt always be part of my life. Loving Harry Potter used to be an escape for me, nothing more than a fun hobby, and while it's still fun for me, it's so much more to me now. And that is due largely to you, Ryan. Thanks for welcoming me here and putting up with me, and for all the other innumerable awesome things that you do. Love me. Aw, Meg. Aw, that was hug. <laughs> I was that little teary there at the end. Oh, that's so good for an hour too. That's incredible. <laughs> I feel bad because I just have an outline. I have to like, talk. Do you have a draft? <laughs> she did talk points. <laughs> Rob, are you proud of her? Come on, Rob. Oh yeah, talking points are for the win. Oh, oh yeah. Now what happened was I I ended up beta reading everybody else so that I didn't. <laughs> in the Ravenclaw common room with people not punctuating and stuff correctly. Oh my god, Stalin over there who just got reappointed. <laughs> no, I don't actually edit yeah. posts. I, I, sometimes I'm a little bit... Okay, anyway. Okay, Meg, I just okay. want to tell you, uh, thank you for that beautiful statement, and I did notice that all the commas were in the correct place, and, and I give you full credit <laughs> for that. Yay! Nobody beta read mine! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I changed tense too often. I'm sorry, Chief. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, it was it was one solid point of view all the way through. It was nice. It was really oh. And I and I couldn't help but feel when she said like, you know, my my own brand of humor, she was doing like the like the quotation marks. <laughs> did that really come through? I was hoping. It did, it come, through. It did come through. It did come through. Oh thanks. This is this is so beautiful. Hey, are you going? I'm going. I'm going. Okay. okay. Dear Ryan. My favorite Hufflepuff, my favorite Huggles, sometimes my favorite friend. It's really hard for me to be serious sometimes, because I like to make everything seem like a joke. But the serious impact you've made on my life requires a certain amount of gravitas. After I got diagnosed with depression, you were the first one to really ask me what it was like. And that was a more realistic reaction than any other I'd encountered, and a more helpful one. <sighs> Sorry. No more than what you've given me with the PFW family. You've given me, albeit through the website, some of my dearest and most cherished friendships. Without the love and support of the PFW family, I'm not sure that I would still be around at all. Between you and Jen and Meg, and all of my dearest friends, the Ravenclaws, I found a reason to get up in the morning, 
because I had friends who would miss me if I was gone even for 24 hours. There are a lot of people on the forum that don't know how hard you work, can't appreciate how much you put into the podcast, but it is universally known and accepted how wonderful a person you are. And sometimes I think you miss that in the rustle and bustle of getting the podcast out on a week-to-week basis. Yes, you spend an absurd amount of time trying to fix podcasts that probably no human being should ever be able to fix. Commentaries. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I said I forgave you. (laughs) You uh, patrol the forums. And still have no idea what's going on. I have no idea. Don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an I'm better than Jen, but I have no idea. <laughs> and uh, uh, you, of course, administer the website. But but more than that, you really do care about every single Puffwinian. You really care about us. You care about Jen and Meg and I. And I have a lifelong friend in you. And... I just wanted to say thank you for everything you do every week for me and for everybody else. And I love you much, Lee. Oh, me. she, I love you too. I'm glad <laughs> the fact that I can call you at 5 o'clock in the morning <laughs> with, with the list of things I need you to do today. And, and you actually find that helpful. This is like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gives you a reason to get up in the morning, which is hard sometimes. Really you? is. Like, can, can I just tell you today? I'm 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 at work. I'm sitting at my desk, and and I I got a new cell phone last month, and it came with. It came with a ringtone that only Dumbledore would have. Um, like it just it <laughs> like like it was not a ringtone that really worked for me. So I changed the ringtone this morning. So I'm sitting at work today. And, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I finally yell at the woman next to me. I'm like, can you please answer your damn phone? And she yells back, that's just your phone. I'm like, oh, okay. So I run, and I grab my phone. I just miss a message from Chi. So I, I'm like, all right. So I, I, I get my voicemail. And it took me like 15 minutes to get into my voicemail because apparently the prompts don't work like they did on my old phone, and I'm kind of pissed about that. So I finally get into my voicemail, and I get the following message. Hey, Ryan. It's Chi. You know what? I'm just gonna call you back later. I think. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> so I just want to say that right there sums up my friendship with with, with Lady Chi. And I know you mentioned the fact that you know you, you we make you feel important. And I hope the fact that you were three minutes late for the podcast tonight and you had 17 missed calls from me shows the level of care <laughs> I have and your whereabouts at all times. I was like 15 minutes late. And I tried to call you up back and your phone, your damn phone was off. I was calling Quiet. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, it's, it's, you have no idea. I mean, and Rob knows this too, because Rob does his own podcast and so does Richard the Never. I mean, it's like people that you work with so much literally become extended versions of your family. And it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like for people that you may not, like I haven't met any of these people yet. I know Dan met a few of our um few of our other forum members, but I haven't met any of these guys yet. But Jen and she and Meg are like my family and it's helpful because they're all to the west of me so I can get, you know, information on approaching storms, but you know, other than that it's We're good for everything. Yeah, you're good for everything. It's <laughs> 
saw the weather. I'm, I'm at the che- I'm at like the cheese counter at the grocery store. And I call Meg. I'm like, what do I get? You're from Wisconsin. Like it's like, you know. And I just want to say this too. It's something that Meg had said too about you know being surrounded by, by you know, well, basically estrogen on on a continual basis. <laughs> Robert, it's not that you're complaining, right? Robert and I were talking the other night, and we were talking about the, the mm-hmm. number of guy friends that we have. And, and Robert has, you know, a very close, you know, knit group of friends. And and he's like, he says, "I'm like, how about you? You have a lot of guy friends." I'm like, I'm gonna put you this way, Robert. I I, I spend eighty percent of my you know time you know helping out my mother, and then I mm-hmm. I, I travel on the weekends and, and spend time with my fiance. And every other moment, I'm not sleeping. I spend with Jen, Chi, and Meg. <laughs> In terms of male exposure, so I, have, for you. I have Meg's son, who's two. <laughs> who sometimes gets on the phone, I'm like, hi, Noah, talk to me. Say hi, Noah. Hi, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you about trucks. <laughs> he will talk to me about trucks, but no, honestly, it's awesome, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm staring at Jen so, right now. No, I want to hear her big, name. big letter from Jen. <laughs> no. I just want to know what Jem was making an executive decision on about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Y'all did, like, really serious ones. Oh, Jen. <laughs> Jen, no offense, but since I've met you, you've almost died seven times. Can we please have something uplifting for the love of God? Okay, okay. Mine is um unique in that it's a letter that I have to sing to you. <laughs> I love the end. <laughs> okay, and really, I feel like an idiot, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's too funny. Okay. Right. <clears throat> Dear Headmaster Huggles, I am writing this to you, and I hope that you will read it so you'll know. My heart beats like a hammer, and I stutter and I stammer every time I hear you on your podcast show. I guess I'm just another fan of yours. And I thought I'd write and tell you so. <laughs> you made me hear you. I didn't want to do it. A and Z put me through it. You made me hear you. I love the jokes you're flogging when you are monologuing. <laughs> I watched your forums grow, sir, from small to large. And when I can't sleep, I count your B5 refs that night. <laughs> you made me cringe because I didn't want to tell you, but I wrote a smut about you. <laughs> I like your grant. That's true. Yes, I do. Indeed, I do. Melinda does, too. <laughs> Just the, the thought of not talking to you gives me the shivers. <laughs> Rob from Spellcast is on the phone, and so is John Noe. You know I'd rather listen to you. Oh, okay, wait, there's more. <laughs> oh, gee, had Mr. Ryan, I don't want to bother you. It's just when I heard you were leaving for two weeks, it, it kind of broke my heart. I mean, I can't even tell you how many nights I've laid in bed listening to you, thinking to myself, should I change the color of my toenail polish? <laughs> you know, Ryan, I got to tell you, you're the greatest straight man that ever walked the earth, and I've known my share of straight men. I got to tell you, though, Ryan, <laughs> what are you going to do with all the free time? I mean, with the writer's strike, there are no new episodes on TV. And did you ever stop to consider what would happen to Chi or Meg and the fan fiction? 
Well, maybe I'm just being selfish because, after all, my life is going to change the most. I mean, how am I going to get by without you, you sexy thing? Your charm, your wit, your talent, your civility, and all your fabulous, fabulous guests. How I love the social intercourse so varied. It gets me so excited for the guy I married. You don't listen to you. The end. Wow. Ken, please, God, tell me you didn't write a smother poem. <laughs> That's the only thing that stuck out in my head that entire song. Everything else blanked out. Can I tell about, you the about one Brian? thing? What? The one thing. <laughs> this is how much I know, Jen. At one point, she says, what was the line that had shivers in it? Um, shivers. Just the thought of not talking to you gives me the shivers. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> Anyway, I had to do it in my own way, so I appreciate that. I very much do. And you never gave me a firm answer on the smutty. So you automatically know it's a yes. Oh, I'm no. concerned you're the main character. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Jen, I don't know what to say. I know. Thank you so much. I'm literally crying right now. I haven't, loved, I haven't cried this much since your car rolled down the street. <laughs> oh, God. I had a lot of fun writing it. I got the giggles, and was I called you. Was this why you were up like, three in the morning last Basically, no. <laughs> oh, anyway. oh, my God. <sighs> we'll be right back. This is Huggles Honey for the PFW Christmas special. Lyrics by Lady Chi and Jen Tu. Huggles Honey, stick a headset under the tree for me. I've been an awful good girl, Huggles Honey, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Huggles Honey, a 54 day log in time, too. It's true. I'll not log up at all, Huggles Honey, and hurry down the chimney tonight. I just think of all the fun I've missed Think of all the Richards that I haven't kissed Next year I could be oh so good If you check off my puffwell list Ba-do, ba-do, huggles, honey I want a laptop and really that's not a lot I've been an angel all year Huggles, honey, hurry with the podcast tonight Huggles, sweetie, there's one thing I really do need, the deed. To the book was sir, Huggles, sweetie, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Huggles, honey, fill my stocking with the prefect, and yes, you can sign your ex on the line. Huggles, honey, I'm coming to your office tonight. 
trim my Christmas tree with some decorations, but in a hog's need, I really do believe in you. Let's see if you believe in cheap. I do two hoggles, honey. Forgot to mention one little thing a ring. I don't mean for Danielle. Hoggles, honey. Get that podcast online right now. Yeah, get the podcast online right now. I get that podcast online right now. Show for your listening trigger. Now listen to the song about our premiere. Ryan had a blog. He read a couple of fics. Then he started puff for a Potter fin fic fix. Oh, Ravenclaws, Hufflepuffs, Slytherins, and Gifts. Ryan had some veggies in his stomach. Threw some fits. Kong and Smite of Jen calamities galore. We're one big happy family where there's always something more. Then we have the forums. They're always lots of fun. Where we can post at any time and talk to anyone. The room of come and go. It's always what we need. With only certain privileges to see what we need. Oh, Ravenclaws, Hufflepuffs, Slytherins, and Griffs. Ryan had some veggies on his stomach. Threw some fits. Gong of cheese, mud of jam, calamities galore. We're one big happy family where there's always something more. A couple of days ago, we had a biggie ball with dancing, singing, drinking, all in our great hall. We posted on the boards and played a lot of games. Julia went Jeopardy and put us all to shame. Oh, Ravenclaws, Hufflepuffs, Slytherins, and Grips. Ryan had some bad cheese on his stomach, threw some fits, gone of cheese, might have drank calamities galore. We're one big happy family, but there's always something more. During the sound checks, from Jen, we learn a lot about bug doctors and Yellowstone made that one beer going rot. Then they start the show, after some team tries. Then they talk of fanfics, till their brains all fly. When the week is done, our hosts will all be goo. And when we hear Rob's sexy voice, we will be too. Five episodes in one week, we're in for a great time. Then again, that's the reason that I wrote this rhyme. Oh, Ravenclaws, Hufflepuffs, Slytherins, and Griffs. Ryan had some bad cheese in his stomach, threw some bits. Kong of cheese, smut of gin, calamities galore. We're one big happy family where there's always room for more. That was Allie from the forums, from Ravenclaw, wishing you a very merry puff of Christmas, and apologizing for the fact that she cannot sing. Bye. Hello, this is Cody. Um, Ryan put out something to the common room saying that he wanted people to call in to the Christmas show and talk about people who have, you know, made a difference for them in PSW. So I said I'd do that. Um, first, I would just like to say thank you to Tay for being the best head of house anyone could ever ask for. You are so enthusiastic. You're dedicated. You know, you really make it seem like you care about the people in your house. And also, just on a personal level, you've always been there when I need someone to talk to or I need someone like that. Second, I just wanted to say thank you to PS for being such a fantastic beta for, um, always, you know, doing stuff when I need her to, and I don't know what my stories would be without her and her wonderful red pen. Um, also, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who is a member of the Pofolno family on the forums, because, you know, even though it's, it's fun, it's a role-playing, it really does emphasize how much this forum is like a family. Also, thank you for putting up with me taking 10 years to get back for you. I know... I take forever. It's pretty erratic, but you put up with me, so thank you. Finally, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who's on the forums, everyone who has been, everyone who may plan on joining the forums, because honestly, without people, the community that you've come to love wouldn't be a community. It would just be 
a site and, you know, nothing would be there that would make people love it the way they do. And let's see. And honestly, if this, it wasn't for this forum, I don't know if I would still be in the fandom in the way that, you know, being still involved because the story's over, but the friendships aren't, and that's the entire point. But I'm hoping that this forum, you know, like its slogan, the story never ends, is that this community will keep going for as long as we want it to keep going for. Um, that's it. Merry Christmas to everyone, or whatever holiday you celebrate. Have a great winter. Um, have fun listening to all the episodes that are coming out. And, yeah, happy holidays. Dear Ryan, I came into this place kind of late first listening in August through to Melinda's The Seventh Horcrux, and in that short time, I've truly seen the magic of Poufwa, and you deserve all the credit for that. She once told me that Potterfic Weekly somehow attracts the nicest people in the world, and I wholeheartedly agree. If you had never started PFW, I wouldn't know some of the people that I now hold as good friends. Chi, Julia, Meg, Nicole, and Cody, just to name a few. If it hadn't been for PFW, I never would have been introduced to Wizard Rock, much less starting Wizard Rock radio station and podcast. This site has attracted some of the most awesome Harry Potter fans in the fandom, and that is simply a tribute to you and the marvelous job you've done. I got into Potterfic Weekly, hoping to hear a good discussion on a fic I absolutely adore, and stayed due to the online family I found there. Thank you for creating Poofa, Ryan. I've found so much more about me in the short time I've been a member than I did in many of my 19 years beforehand. So he here's to nearly a year of Pufa and hopefully many more. Thank you for everything, Ryan. Dear Dan. Hey everyone, it's June from the forums, and this is a message for the Ravenclaws. Dear Ravenclaws, thank you all for welcoming me into the fold and for making me feel so at home at Pufa so quickly. Um, thanks for always being there for me. Thanks for being great friends. And thanks especially to Cousin Wolfie for making me crack up. <laughs> and I really appreciate how you guys, like, all helped to, like, get the common room back alive again. Thanks to Chi with that kick in the posterior. And I just want to say that I'm really grateful that I know you guys. And, of course, that lends a thanks to Ryan for creating the site. But I recently sent a voice a voicemail for that. So thank you, Aiden Claus, to all of you, Gen Two, Gen Chi, Dan, Kezo, Wolfie, Ali, Celine, Buffy. I forgot something, haven't I? Well, I'm sorry to those who I forgot and thanks to all Aiden Claus, even those who aren't really here anymore like Vena. So love you guys. Bye. <laughs> The 12 Poofah Days of Christmas, written and performed by a bunch of seriously sexy Slytherins. On the first day of Christmas, my Poofah gave to me one hug from our headmaster, Huggles. On the second day of Christmas, my Poofah gave to me two rants from she and a hug from our headmaster, Huggles. On the third day of Christmas, my Poofah gave to me Stripping Richard's two rents from giant oak from a headmaster ogle. On the fourth day of Christmas, my Poofa gave to me four bouncing ferrets, three stripping Richard's two rents from she, and a hug from a headmaster huggles. On the fifth day of Christmas, my Poofa gave to me five ninja hugs. 
four, bouncing ferrets, three, stripping Richards, two, Ransom Lady Chi, and a hug from our headmaster Huggles. On the sixth day of Christmas, my Puffler gave to me six sexy Slytherins, five ninja hugs. Four bouncing parrots, three stripping Richards, two rants from Chi, and a hug from our headmaster, Huggles. On the seventh day of Christmas, my Poofa gave to me seven doses of Nyquil, six sexy slithering, five ninja hugs. Four bouncing parrots, three stripping Richards, two rants from Chi, and a hug from our headmaster, Huggles. On the eighth day of Christmas, my Poofa gave to me Eight Midwest explosions, seven doses of NyQuil, six sexy Slytherins, five ninja hugs, four bouncing ferrets, three stripping Richards, two rants from G, and a hug from Headmaster Hoggles. On the ninth day of Christmas, my Puffler gave to me nine overdue podcasts, eight Midwest explosions, seven doses of NyQuil, six sexy Slytherins, five ninja hugs. Four bouncing ferrets, three stripping Richards, two rants from she, and a hug from our headmaster, Huggles. On the tenth day of Christmas, my Puffler gave to me ten Puffalonosaurus, nine of Rudy podcast, eight Midwest explosions, seven doses of NyQuil, six sexy Slytherins, five ninja hugs, four bouncing ferrets, three stripping Richards, two rants from she, and a hug from our headmaster, Huggles. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my Puffwa gave to me eleven tackle pounces, ten Puffwano stories, nine overdue podcasts, eight Midwest explosions, seven doses of NyQuil, six sexy Slytherins, five ninja hugs, four bouncing ferrets, three stripping Richards, two rants from Chi, and a hug from our headmaster, Huggles. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my Puffwa gave to me Twelve times almost dying, eleven tackle pounces, ten no stories, nine overdue podcasts, eight Midwest explosions, seven doses of NyQuil, six sexy Slytherins, five ninja hugs, four bouncing ferrets, three stripping Richards, two ransom and one hug for my headmaster Huggles. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Hi, Puffwa, it's Julia, and a very Merry Christmas unto you all. Uh, As you probably know, I am Puffwa's resident Jew, and so when Jen asked me to sing a Christmas song for the Christmas episode, I said, well, yes, I'd love to, but I also want to sing a Hanukkah song. So I'm going to do that. But then I realized that there really aren't very many good Hanukkah songs. So rather than try to sing the Adam Sandler song or something equally awful, I'm just going to go with the traditional stuff. I'm going to sing the the uh, blessings that you say when you light the candle and then straight into Mahatsur. So, here we go. Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvosav V'tzivanu L'chalikner Shechanu Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam Sheosah Nisim Lavoseinu Bayamim Hohem Bazaman Hazeh 
Okay, so that was that. I hope you all enjoyed that. And now, since Jen did ask me to sing a Christmas song, and I really hate to disappoint Jen, I am going to do just that. And I'm going to sing a song. It's by the Whomping Willows, and it's called Oh Christmas Tree. And if you don't know it, it is on the latest um, Wizard Rock Christmas CD called Jingle Spells. And you should really buy that if you haven't already because it's amazing. So um, here we go. Christmas time is special and I always get excited. Now that I'm in a famous band, I always get invited to the coolest wizard parties with the coolest wizard peeps. And if the party's broken up, we take it to the streets. I simply call up Matt and ask if I can possess his body. He's usually available and so I'm good to party. But if he's not available, I call up all my brothers and say, What up is Wampy? You should totally come over. We can hook up the 362 my 56 inch plasma it'll look so good it'll take your breath like you be having asthma and when we're done with that we can hit the fire whiskey just pour it on my roots and i'll be crunk in a jiffy what I'm spending Christmas chillin' with my crew on Hogwarts grounds. We got Hagrid spinning records cause he knows how to get down. And he made it packed with Draco that there wouldn't be no drama. So Draco's got the mic and he be flowin' like Madonna. And Pansy's right beside him, she can rock the synthesizer. And Dumbledore just got here and he brought some appetizers. He's got kettle chips, some onion dip, and a plate of cocktail wieners. Clam cakes, New England clam chatter, and a couple of pounds of steamers. And the giant squid. I love that! kid is a hit with all the ladies he'll get more groupies than sebastian bach did in the 80s even though it's winter time we'll stay hotter than hades we'll have those girlies howling like some doggies with the rabies what Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, wizards throw the best parties. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, big wampy drops the fattest beats. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. Wizards throw the best parties, oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree. Big Wampy drops the fattest beats. What, 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 what? Okay, so that's it from me for now anyway. I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, I certainly enjoyed making a fool out of myself in front of all of you. So uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year, and Happy Everything to Everyone. Bye. Oh.
the stars are brightly shining it is the night of our dear saviour's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees o Christ was born. O night, divine, O night, O night divine. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy, in grateful chorus raise we, let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord, then ever, ever praise we. His power and glory evermore proclaim. His power and glory evermore proclaim. I just have to say, now we get to get to the to what I believe is the heart of of the Christmas episode. I want to know all of your embarrassing Christmas stories because if I'm sharing mine, I'm no <laughs> And we're gonna start with Jen. What? Why me? I don't have embarrassing Christmas stories. Jen, you have embarrassing They're stories right. about going to the pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> You're honestly lie, saying that you do not have a one, a single embarrassing Christmas story. I, I highly, highly doubt that. Everyone stare at Jen. I'm trying to think. Wow. 
Okay, let's um, give Jen examples of what may qualify as embarrassing. <laughs> Did you ever um, okay. attack Santa at the local mall? That would count as embarrassing. No, I never did that. Did you ever knock the Christmas tree over? I did that. Oh, I've, <laughs> you did that? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. I was... Um, <laughs> oh, my second try. I got one. <laughs> wow. Okay. I must have been nine or eight. I was young, and my sister was eating the pine needles off the tree. <laughs> And um, my mom kept telling her, don't do that, don't do that. And she kept eating it. And so finally mom pulled her aside and gave her spanking and said, don't do that. And she looked at mom and she went, now that you've spanked me, can I do it? And um, it was really pitiful. But um, anyway, I was trying to help her out and um, throw, like, grab some pine needle and give them to her. Like, that's the good sister I am. I help her eat the pine needle. <laughs> and um, we had this enormous fireplace in the um in the den at my parents' house. And um it had you know they usually have a grate in front of it. Yeah. Um but they, dad had just lit it and like we used you know real firewood from the trees in the backyard and stuff. And so that I don't know if y'all are familiar with real when you burn real tree, um it's very it's this dry burn and it's this crackly um it's a different wood. Yeah, it's not just like a wood you go and you light it and there it is. It's it's different. And um, anyway, I was pulling the things off the tree, and the tree actually fell over. And the tip of the tree fell in the fire on that piece of wood. So my dad, <laughs> my dad is a fire alarm technician, which means that he deals with um, smoking buildings, bur- buildings on fire. He's the person that's in charge of when there's a fire, his alarms go off, and they call the fire department. That's his that's what he does. Well, anyway, so the alarm goes off because the smoke from the wood hit that alarm. And thank God we didn't have a sprinkler system. But it did. So the fire truck showed up. And this is like, <laughs> this is Christmas Eve. So I don't know if it qualifies as Christmas It's memory. close enough, Jen. Continue. Okay. Okay. Well, the fire people come in. And the fire truck, um, they, um, they came in and the tree had caught on fire and dad had put the fire out and it hadn't gotten too far because I had screeched loudly before or anything. It didn't, you know, burst into flame. It does that real slow wood burning thing because I hadn't caught and it was a real tree. <clears throat> and so the, the, it's not a big flame. You know, have y'all ever burned a tree? It's just like it crinkles, it crinkle burns. Okay. That's what I call it. Crinkle burn. And, um, <laughs> anyway, and so they got in and they, um, and all I really remember about the rest is my dad taking us outside and one of the fire truck <laughs> guys had a Santa suit on and we got to pose within the fire truck with Santa. That's awesome. So I don't know if that's a crazy, but it's a, it's a true story. Was so that, I don't was know. Was that your first experience with the fire department? Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Does that come in like the top ten? He's like, yeah, right. Does that come no. in like the top ten? <laughs> Is the fire no. department there now? The first, let me, let me, let me the first thing that I, the fire, first fire, we had a garden. Mm-hmm. And this is off had, the subject. Past of like, had, no, we had a garden. We lived on a big land of, of trailer and where everyone had propane tanks behind their house. Everybody was on propane. And my, we had a garden. And every year, you know, you're supposed to burn your garden. And then the next year, the soil is, is re-fertilized or whatever. And so I was helping dad by helping him light the match and burn the garden. And um, you're supposed to How old were you? water 
oh god five maybe oh my god. and um <laughs> and so, you know you're supposed to put water around the garden before you light it on fire right mm-hmm. well i didn't know that i was five and uh so i just lit it <laughs> that thing bent, that fire it was it blazed five miles down the road like it was like <laughs> like the fire okay my dad had a heart attack you had to take him to the hospital the garden. <laughs> you gave your father a heart attack and burned down did, five square miles I gave him, his first heart attack was because wow. of that he thought because they were concerned that the fire would hit the propane tanks and it would cause explosion and they got i'm not joking it got within four and a half feet of the propane tanks in the back it, the propane tanks were in a row on this property and we just burned everyone's backyards all the way down this huge, like, three miles. It was ridiculous. You almost they couldn't burned get down it. Texas? I almost burned down Texas. <laughs> yeah. yeah but you're you know, that wow. How have we gone this like long without knowing now. about this? Yeah, that was, like, the first time with the fire department. <laughs> was the second time the following See, day? Though, that's not, I mean, yeah, that's uncommon, but it's not too uncommon because we live in the country and that kind of crap happens all the time. I mean, you get heat fires all the time. They just start for the hell of it. I just happened to start that one. All right. Jen, I have to say Sorry, this. back to Christmas. Jen frequently tries to encourage me to come visit Texas. You're not doing a no. really good job of showing up the property. <laughs> no, don't get don't get discouraged because of my five year old stupidity. All right, I just have one final question, and then we'll move back to Christmas. That time that you burned five square miles of land and nearly blew up Texas was that your worst fire? Um, he has to hesitate. Yeah, all of I think so. Yeah, I know. I'm like cataloging. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was the worst one. It, it caused the most the most property damage. <laughs> Exactly. What exactly do you mean by worst fire? Like the biggest fire, or how much stuff it ruined? Oh uh, well, <laughs> no. There, I had to compare because when I was like nine, <laughs> and I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep this about me and my forest fire. But we went camping. We go camping all the time, Colorado and Yellowstone. And this is so right. My dad, this is right after you burned the Christmas tree, and you. Was there? No, I couldn't have been nine. I was young. I was like, this may have been the year after or the year before. I can't remember. Anyway, and we were in Colorado. And my dad had chopped up wood for the entire week that we were staying and had piled it up next to the fire, um, but not close enough. But he'd gone off. He'd gone hunting or something, and I was with mom, and mom was in the tent or somewhere or the camper cooking or I don't know. Anyway, and so I thought that I would help and because the fire looked like it was going out to me, to my young self. And I, so I started adding wood to this fire. And I swear... <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all have seen those Indian movies or whatever, and you see, like, that five-foot fire that's, like, big, no, not five-foot, like, 12 feet, this huge fire. Like, I was throwing yeah, logs. Bonfire. Bon, huge bon, like, so I did that, and, like, the, um, I don't, they're, they're not called the fire department, the camp, the, the camp guards, the, whatever they're the rangers, the rangers. Park rangers. came, and they gave my dad a fine. <laughs> Because I had, because we had exceeded the fire limits. <laughs> so he wasn't too happy with me then. Yeah. Wow. I just uh, about bonfires Jen, in Kansas. Jen, <laughs> only you can prevent forest fires. I know. I got my badge quickly after that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Smokey the Bear oh. attacker in Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge for that one instance when she was eight or ten. Um, I can't. Do it. <laughs>
Yeah. Back to Christmas, though. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, I have a great, I have a great story about Christmas. It took place around Christmas time in bonfires. Okay. Well, if you think that Jen lives in the boonies, like Texas is fairly well developed. I'm from Kansas, and um, that's kind of a different like animal <laughs> in that, yeah. It's it's still so I was going out in the country. Um, Kansas City is odd because you can uh, Johnson County, where I'm from, is a little bit like the Beverly Hills of Can- of Kansas. It's like the mostly Beverly Hills of Kansas. Hills of Kansas. <laughs> wow. It is. I'm trying to wrap my arms around the the thought. It's, the Beverly it's okay Hills. because because Kansas is so centrally located. Kansas City has a lot of um, uh, centrally stationed corporate offices are there. Sprint Nextel is there. Um, there's like there's a lot and some the, lots of shipping companies are there. Um, some of the railroad companies are in Kansas City. So a lot of these big like high power executives live in Johnson County, Kansas, which is where I'm from. Not in my town, which is the armpit of Johnson County, but in Johnson County. So if you um anyway, it just takes like it's the most bizarre thing ever. It takes like 15 minutes to get from like half a million dollar homes to farmhouses. It's weird. And um so I was heading out to um to my friend's birthday party and she was turning like 17, 18. I don't remember. And it was around Christmas time and they had built this bonfire and it just, it smelled amazing. It was great. We're all sitting around it and we hear this like God awful screaming, like out of nowhere. And, um, apparently like a possum had like walked into the bonfire. It was the most like, they had to like go in and get him and throw him out. Because possums are gross, they're like vermin, but it was really hard to listen to. Anyway, I guess it didn't turn out to be a great story. I guess you had to be there. Isn't but... this the Christmas episode of Fire? <laughs> <laughs> it's the fire episode now. It's the fire episode now. No, did you ever? I have like... a great. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm, I'm, think... I'm thinking of the first. Season. I'm thinking of the first Naked Gun movie. <laughs> Where Leslie Nielsen is walking down the street trying to solve the case, and all of a sudden he's like, you know, it doesn't make sense. Why, why was the gun not found at the crime scene? And why does the prime suspect have such a solid alibi? And then you see him on the top of a hill. And where the hell am I? And he, like, looks around and he hears, like, bears in the background. Like, that's, like, me halfway through a Polarific Weekly episode. I'm like, how the hell did we get on forest fires? <laughs> Stick of dynamite shots waiting to blow. Sick hippogriff, Lady Chief. 
big hippogriff. You know the lady When you talk about Don Redcliffe, you really want to meet him. You violate him. Three-decker sauerkraut and bootstool sandwich with arsenic sauce. You're rot, Lady Chief. You're the queen, brave and claw. You wield a snarky attitude. Your housemates are in awe, Lady Chief. Your biggest pet peeve is when someone uses words to make themselves look Microsephorus or numinotral microscopic silicon And when they put them in fix You're a foul Lady C You put on quite a show Your soul is full of gun Telling people no, Lady Chief. The three words that will always come out of your mouth are, and I. No, no, no. Hi, this is Rosworm. I found a couple of pretty good Harry Potter Christmas silks online, so I thought I'd sing one for you. God rest ye gloomy Severus, let nothing you dismay. Remember Potter's potions class is scheduled for this day. You'll have three hours to give him hell, and for his father pay. With chidings and taunts from Malfoy, taunts from Malfoy, with chiding and taunts from Malfoy. Ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming to the stage, Dan, singing Blue Christmas. Blue, blue, blue. 
With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright And may Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow I'm Dreaming of a white Christmas With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright And may all your Christmases be white. I'm dreaming tonight of a place I love even more than I usually do. And although I know it's a long road back, I promise you I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me Please have snow and mistletoe And presents under the tree Christmas Eve will find me when the limelight gleams. I'll be home for Christmas. If only in my dreams. Hello everyone, this is Danielle, also known around the forums as the future Mrs. Huggles. 
I'm here to wish Potterfic Weekly a very merry holiday season and a wonderful new year. I also want to take a minute to say what an awesome job Ryan does maintaining the forum, organizing the podcast, and keeping the Puffle family running smoothly. He dedicates so much of his time to Potterfic Weekly, and in doing so has created a unique and supportive online community. It's a community that, for many of us, has become a second home. So for all that you do for us, Ryan, I just want to say thanks. I love you, sweetie. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Poofwanians, this is Robert Standring over at Spellcast, and uh, I just wanted to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from the folks over at Fiction Alley and Spellcast. And uh, just before I go, I just want to leave you all with a very important note. Hey, uh, Ryan, get a sexier man voice. You're putting the women to sleep. Catch you guys later. Bye. Quickly from the forums, just wanted to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and the best of luck in 2008. As Ryan said in, I think, episode 29, the PFW forums are a work of God. That's so true. Okay, see you guys. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is Jan from the forums, and I just wanted to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bye. When blossoms flowered mid the snows Upon a winter night Was born the child, the Christmas rose The King of love and light The angels sang, the shepherds sang The grateful earth rejoiced And at his blessed birth the stars Their exultation voiced O come let us adore him O come let us adore him O come let us adore him Christ the Lord Again the heart with rapture glows to greet the holy night that gave the world its Christmas rose, its king of love and light. Let every voice acclaim his name, the grateful chorus well. From paradise to earth he came, that we with him might dwell. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Ah.
let us adore him. Ah, adore him, Christ the Lord. O come, O come, O come, let us adore him. Let us adore him. Christ the Lord. What child is this whose prophesies to save the wizarding world? Just as a baby saves us already vanquishing Lord Voldemort. This, this is Harry Potter, whom we shall praise and help defend. Haste, haste to help him win against the evil we fear. Why lives he with such hateful muggles who treat him as their own house-elf? Bring him to Hogwarts, we beseech, where he may have loving friends. This, this is Harry Potter, whom we shall praise and help defend. Haste, haste to help him win against the evil we fear. Why so let him lead our DEA and help us vanquish the evil. Let us him follow as he leads us against Lord Voldemort's army. This, this is Harry Potter whom we shall praise and help defend. Christmas parents, I just wanted to give you all fair warning that in this time of joy and anticipation, this might not be the best podcast to listen to while the little ones are in hearing distance. Since you all know they're experts at hearing everything you don't want them to, I'd suggest headphones for this one. Discussion leads to some of the growing up years of the hosts and where and when a little bit of the magic dies, if you catch my meaning. Of course, as with anything to do with our beloved hosts, hilarity ensues, but let's keep those jollies from spoiling anything meant to be enjoyed. This is it, parents. Final warning to occupy little ears. Yeah, well, it's actually not, it doesn't include fire, so I I do apologize. Um, (laughs) I try to think of one, but no. Um, Anywho, my Christmas story actually has to do with uh, Santa Claus. And um, in my family, there's a tradition. Uh, we celebrate most of, like, we do open all of our presents on Christmas Eve. And um, because when we were younger, I guess apparently we were rather impatient children. So what the parents would do, and uh, I'm hoping nobody in this chat 
uh, is listening and this listening or is doing this chat actually still believes in Santa Claus? Um, if not, I'm so entirely, so entirely, incredibly, what? I can't talk at all. I'm so sorry. Perhaps but anyway, we should do some type of warning. <laughs> yeah, I think we should do a warning. If you have small children who believe in Santa Claus, please do not listen to this episode. Thanks. We should, um, and we should wait, probably wait, wait. cut and paste that and put that before you actually saying it. But yeah. yeah, exactly. We'll do so. We're, we're great. We'll do that. Aruga, aruga. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the fact that we're explicit, and I don't think any adults should not. <laughs> Although my yes. sister believed in Santa uncommonly long. She What's was like, like 13. I believed in Santa until I was 13 years old. I yeah, that's how long I was dead. too. Are you I'm serious? I am I be- dead no, serious. No, I believed. I my mom believed asked until I was me. 12. My mom told me um, that I, I was like, "Oh," and she goes, "Well, Santa's not coming this year." And I was like, "Why?" <laughs> she goes, <laughs> "She goes, that's Katie." A harsh way to tell someone. Talk about she goes, Katie. Baby, she goes, "You knew Santa didn't exist," and I was like, <gasps> "What?" Hold, hold on. You mean <laughs> like, your mother doesn't call you cheap? Um, no, my mom doesn't call me Chi. I guess I forgot. I Normally I substitute my name. At <laughs> yes, well, it's okay, it. Chi. It's, it's Christmas and the secret's out. Right, I guess. Oh, I, right. I found out okay. where babies come from and that Santa Claus wasn't real on the same day. Are you serious? <laughs> I did. Wow. How did those two <laughs> things connect? You all have to understand, I was an extremely bright child. Like, I was incredibly intelligent. Something happened in sixth grade, and, like, it all went to hell. But, like, I'm picturing third propane grade, tanks exploding right now. <laughs> well, no, my, my teacher was pregnant, and I was like, Mom, what is that thing in her belly? And my mom, being the science teacher that she is, she was like, well, you know, it's a baby, and when a man loves a woman, and he puts his thing, well, anyway, like, she was telling me all about it, and I was like, oh, okay. And um, and so I was like, oh, I go, that's really interesting. I, I don't think I'll ever have sex. And, like, I remember having this conversation. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, what else has she not told me? And I was like, I looked at her, and I very solemnly said, Mom, Santa Claus isn't real, is he? And she looked at me, and she goes, you really want to know? And I was like, I'm old enough. <laughs> I like third grade. And she goes, no, baby, Santa Claus isn't real, but we need to pretend that he is for your sister. And so because I was in a conspiracy with my mom about that, I let my sister believe in it. And my dad would write Christmas letters to her from Santa. And seriously, when she found out, when they finally said Santa isn't real, like I remember she bawled for three days. Like she thought that because we'd all lied to her, she felt so... Like, it was horrible, and my parents were, like, hopelessly sad. Like, they were like, oh, my gosh, honey, I'm so sorry. But, you know, she did grow up. But anyway, I was that kid. I was, <laughs> I was like, every really? time she'd even doubt, I was like, no, he's real. And, like, she was the younger sister. And I'm sure that y'all know what little kids' siblings are like. And she would just be like, oh, okay, because my big sister said it was, you know, it's got to be true. Right. But That is just, like, the saddest story I've ever heard. Isn't it? <laughs> We went, they actually, so that reminds me of my parents actually a little bit because the reason I didn't find out for sure until like I was 13 was because I would ask my parents, like my, I told my parents like, Santa's not real, right? And they're like, no, he's real. And I'm like, okay. And it wasn't until like I tricked them like by saying, so I just want to clarify here. So like when I become an adult and I have kids, if I just wait for Santa to bring them gifts, are they going to have gifts on Christmas morning? And they're like, Okay, fine. Santa isn't real. I mean, I had to trick my parents into telling me that Santa really wasn't smart. real. 
It's like, just, look, like, I need I'm to be just, a good parent at some point. You need to help me out here. I'm, exactly. I'm just, my presents or what? You had them really wrapped around your finger. That was pretty, you know. Like, That's pretty like they couldn't have seen that one coming. Like you probably weren't gonna have kids any time in the next twenty minutes. I mean. Yeah, I know, but it was like still. There's like they had to tell me the answer, so it's like excellent. I figured it out. I had a friend. Anyway. I had a friend once who apparently was told by you know Sally at school or whatever that there was no Santa. So she came home and she was like sh- like you know scuffing her shoes on the sidewalk and she had her head down and her shoulders were slumped and she walks into her house and she walks up to her mother and you know and. You know, like she's crying and she's like, you know, Sally told me. And I, she was, pro- I think she was probably like 11 or 12, but she's like, Sally told me that Santa isn't real. Is Santa not real? And, and her mother's like, you know, it's time that you know, you know, there is no Santa Claus. And she's like, okay. And she shuffles out of the room and the mother just feels terrible and whatever. So then five minutes goes by and the little girl shuffles back into the room and she looks up. She's like, now what about the Easter bunny? <laughs> and she had to like go down the list like two thirds. Wow. It was yeah, I, I was told by a, I was told by a friend at school, I think it was in third third grade. I was probably like eight years old. And I came home and my, and my parents were like, Well, yeah, we kinda of put the presents down below the tree every year, but Jen is still real. Yeah, that's kind of like what my parents were like. Like, Santa's real. Like, we give you presents, but Santa's real. It's like, why are you lying to me? Oh. I never, ever, ever believed in Santa. Ever. Oh, that's sad. You never did. Meg, that, Meg, nope. that does not surprise me about you, actually. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Meg is like, the Hermione. I remember, I remember, um, I remember, I think I was in like first grade, and I was with my dad, and we were at my grandparents' house, and they had given me a present, and it said from Santa. And I knew it was in my grandma's writing, and she, and she and I said, "This isn't from Santa; it's from you." <laughs> and she was like, "No, honey, it's from Santa." I was like, "Whatever." <laughs> uh, how old I was very cynical as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and I just thought it made them happy, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were humoring your parents for how long? <laughs> for oh. a while. <laughs> now, well, I remember, like, when I knew, like, I, my mom told me Santa was real. And then I remember the first Christmas that I actually, like, I, I really believed it. Like, I, we had, they, we had gone to my grandma's for, for Christmas and they had put us in the room. We were sleeping in the room that the tree was in. And I remember them waking me up when they came and brought presents. And, it, and I, although I knew Santa wasn't real, that was like the confirmation. And it was so, like, I remember being just sad <laughs> that, that that couldn't be real. I just have to tell you that the, this podcast started off with very touching stories. <laughs> and then it progressed to forest fire and, 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 and yeah. tank explosions and, and heart attacks. And, and basically hair. the only optimistic story I've heard so far is that Lady Chi is a wonderful cashier, and she brings joy to the lives of men. <laughs> like that, that was all I really like. I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I got a lot of people tell me thank you for wishing them a merry Christmas and a happy holiday. Did you give them? Like, free, did you give them free food? No, I didn't. But I did tell them how much they saved today. Do you want to hear my spiel? Yes. Like please, if you were going to go through please. my, if you were going through my line. Hi. Do you have a chopper chopper card? Did you find everything just right today? 
blah, 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 blah. I would kill myself before I could. total is 4805. Yeah, <laughs> I can't channel, I can't, no, I worked in customer service for five years. I can't channel that much happy. Oh, I, 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 I'm never that I'm happy. I'm, I'm a supermarket cashier and I don't even go through that entire spiel. Props okay, no, to you. I, tell, I have to tell you this, though. I was, the, 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 the biggest mistake those fools made was they put me in a position of, of, of power. And <laughs> I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and I wasn't on their side. What? I, well, no, like, here's the thing. Is it that time of year? It's time for a break and good cheer. Yeah, I know, I still have places to go, but I'd rather just stay right here. I'd be fine to just relax and unwind, and forget what I have to do. With just one wish, I'd be done and finished, and greeting all with this merry tune. Happy Christmas Day! Let's celebrate the wizarding way! Happy Christmas Day! I remember how I love the holidays. Though tragedy struck last year, some still have their love to share. The borough a marriage now mistletoe Keep positivity in the air So I reminisce through all the memories And this seems to help me get by when I'm down I wouldn't trade a thing for the friendships I've made And I will fight just to keep them around Happy Christmas Day! Let's celebrate the wizarding way! Happy Christmas Day! I remember how I love the holidays. We all carry some sorrow. Nobody lives a perfect life. But just to know the sun will shine tomorrow, can make everything seem alright. Happy Christmas Day, let's celebrate the wizarding way. Happy Christmas Day, I remember how I loved the holidays. Happy Christmas Day. Let's celebrate the wizarding way. Happy Christmas Day. I remember how I love the holidays. Oh, oh, oh. Hello, Ryan. I was just about to go outside and start shoveling some of this wonderful ice that I know you're dealing with too, and Jen caught me. So I just wanted to call and leave this message. Merry Christmas. I don't think I can even begin to tell you how much I appreciate all you've done with PSW. You contacted me at a time when, although I was excited about the upcoming release of Deathly Hollows, my enthusiasm for the fandom was at an all-time low. 
I was honored that you'd selected my fic for discussion, and as I became more and more involved on the forum, I got back some of my passion for the whole wizarding world in general. He made it all fun again, and for that, I'll always hold you in the highest regard. You've been patient and kind with my lack of techno-savvy and always kept me in the loop of fun poofla facts. I look forward to getting to meet you one day in real life and want to take this opportunity to wish you a very Merry Christmas. I'm one of your biggest fans. Bye. Oh, it's Melinda, by the way. <laughs> Bye. Hey, everyone. It's Jane from the forums again. I um, just wanted to say, just wanted to give out a thank you to Amy, a.k.a. Zephania. I that how you pronounce it. Um, so thanks, Amy, for introducing me to PSFU and for posting that link on HE to special edition number two because this has really changed my life. Thanks, Amy, and happy holidays. Bye. Hi, Ryan. Tina here with my holiday greeting. First of all, I just wanted to thank you for everything you do for PFW. I thought it was the greatest thing when you popped in at the After the End group and Melinda's group and invited us all to listen to your new Harry Potter fan fiction podcast. Um, I had been in the fandom for years before this, but I have to say honestly, this is the first forum I've actively participated in and actually stayed with. So kudos to you. It was quite a thrill for me when you invited, you know, this self-proclaimed dorky mom to join uh, you and the other PFW casters on the Deathly Hallows Review. And it was my first excursion into podcasting. And I just want to thank you for not only all the hard work and countless hours you've put into the PFW Productions, but the help you offer us people who aren't quite as technically inclined, you know, how the heck to load Skype, what headset should I buy, what the hell is an input setting, and all those wonderful things you do every day to help everyone out. The list goes on and on. All that goes unsaid, because everyone knows how great you are. The best part is the tremendous friendships you have fostered and the incredible friend you've become to me and everyone in our little community. So for that, happy holidays, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful 2008. Thanks. Bye. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin Mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly I got run over by a reindeer coming home from Mount House Christmas Eve. 
You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. She'd been drinking too much eggnog, and we'd begged her not to go. But she'd left her medication, so she stumbled out the door into the snow. When they found her Christmas morning, at the scene of the attack, there were hoofprints on her forehead and incriminating claws marks on her back. Grandma got run over by a reindeer, walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. Now we're all so proud of Grandpa, he's been taking this so well. See him in there watching football, drinking beers and playing cards with Cousin Belle. It's not Christmas without Grandma. All the family's dressed in black. And we just can't help but wonder, shall we open up her gifts or send them back? Grandma got run over by a reindeer, walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. Now the goose is on the table, and the pudding made of fig, and a blue and silver candle that would have matched a hair in Grandma's wig. I've warned all my friends and neighbors, better watch out for yourselves. They should never give a license to a man who drives a sleigh and plays with elves. Grandma got run over by a reindeer, went home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. Oh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer, walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. The Night Before Christmas, Poofo Edition, by Julia, with help from Clement Clarmork. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes the headmaster soon would be there. The masses were all sitting by their laptops, all tired from their long days at the shops, with Jen in her kerchief and Meg in her cap, Dan sitting in comfort on P.S.'s lap. June, Mike, and Roz, with their blankets and tea, were all sitting comfortably, chatting with Chi. Dabia and Julia came in with Melinda, hoping the fun she would not hinder. Keza was also there chatting and waiting while various websites Gen 2 was updating. When, to who are wondering, I should appear, but Headmaster Huggles, the bringer of beer! In Ryan came with a drink in his hand. Just what sort of chat did he have planned? Who knew he would bring all of the booze rather than cause all the women to snooze? In came Danielle with even more drinks. Surely we'd all get up to high jinks. Gen 2 and Kezo just stared in surprise, while Richard and Dan got a look in their eyes. Melinda dispensed margaritas to all. What a great way to pregame for the ball. Everyone else thinks they're so smart, but we're showing up with quite a head start. All of a sudden, Richard conjured a chair. Down sat Meg, still fixing her hair. Rich sauntered over and gave her a wink. She took another sip of her drink. Out came the twister, and the next thing we knew, a tangle of limbs came into our view. P.S.'s left hand was suspiciously placed, right next to Ryan's, but not by his face. The game then instructed right hand to green, so in that direction did everyone lean. 
A little more that way, and over we fell. It looks like at Twister we do not excel. Then time to pack up and head to the ball. Amazing that we can still stand it all. Fun times were had this Christmas Eve night, but now to the ball to do this thing right. Doubtless the ball will be tons of fun, but no way can our pregame be outdone. Who knew Ryan would bring all the booze, but who was surprised that it was abused? Our small party over, the ball is beginning. Rods can't figure out why the room is still spinning. Wolf Rose and she are starting to dance. Maybe they're in for a night of romance. Ryan stood up to give the speech, and in this conclusion is what he did reach. We all heard him exclaim as the fire burned bright, Happy Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. Silent night Holy night All is calm All is bright Round yon virgin Mother and child Holy infant So tender and mild Sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight glory streams from heaven afar heavenly hosts sing alleluia Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. And there was this, like, this older, per- she was in her late 60s, early 70s, came in and she was vacationing from Florida, and she bought... I think she was staying with her, her son and his family or whatever. And she had, you know, offered to do the grocery shopping for the family. So I think what happened was she, she, she bought like $300 worth of food and she tried to pay by check. And the, the policy of the store was you need to have an account at a local bank, like a bank within the, the oh, area. Right, yeah. and the last yeah. time she came in the store, her check didn't go through and she was only buying, you know, maybe $20 worth of food. So the manager um, at the time 
had, um, you know, just said, oh, yeah, fine, fine, whatever, told her, you'll be all set next time you come in. And the manager at the time was a total schmuck. And he told her that, and he knew that the next time she came in, you know, her, her card wouldn't work, but and she wouldn't be able to pay by check or whatever. So the woman came back in, and she spent, like, hours in the store, and she did all the shopping, and it didn't go through. So I went over, and I tried to work it out with the manager, and the manager said, tell her she can't buy, pay by check. I'm like, I, I'm like, she's older. I think all she has is a check. He's like, then tell her she has to put the food back. I'm like, let me, I'll ask one more time. I cannot take her check. He's like, you cannot take her check. I'm like, okay. So I walked back over and I said, do you have a debit card on you? And she's like, no, I do. And you could see, she was like starting to tear up a little bit because this is what she was going to do for her in-laws. I'm like, do you have a credit card on you? She's like, no, I, no, I don't. And she's getting very frustrated. I'm like, okay, I'm very sorry, but I can't take your check. And I handed the check back to her and I said, but can I help you load the food into your car? <gasps> because they oh, never told no they never told me not to give her the food they told me not to accept the check and i tried three times to get them to accept the check and they wouldn't accept the check so i gave For her the you. Food. so i mean and what did she say she hugged me profusely in the parking lot that was the day huggles was born oh that is such oh, a great story wow. That's like a I can't believe you fell for that. Oh, well. I, 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 the woman had like a $50,000 limit on the from California. Car. He's going to go like me. <laughs> wow, that yeah, lady. Like, like, you know how many people like try to pass fake checks to me? It's ridiculous. No, but I'm, I'm not saying that your, your, your old lady or whoever it was is giving you a bad check. But that was an awesome story. Oh, I'm your shoplifter. Oh, I'm a serious shoplifter. No, but it's all the money that store overcharged people over the years, I think it barely made a dent. But no, I, that is my thing. I routinely, I once got a free computer. I went to a um, name brand store and I bought a uh, computer. I bought a computer and I bought a printer and I bought a monitor. And I had um, tried to get a credit card through, you know, this name brand store and they mailed the card out to me and they said the card will be, I was going to charge it to the company credit card. And they said it will be out to you within, you know, seven to ten days. And I said, I needed to buy the computer on a certain day. And they said, well, we'll give you your account number. Just give them your account number when you get to the source. So I said, all right. So I went and I gave them the account number and I paid and I gave them the computer and everything. So, like, two months went by and I still hadn't gotten my first bill. And I was concerned I was going to get late payments and all this stuff. So I called the company and I and I had gotten my card and I said, do I haven't gotten a bill yet? And they checked and they said, you don't have a balance. And I'm like, right. I... And I'm like, look, I'm an honest person. You know, now I'm thinking, did I charge it to a different credit card? So I called all my credit card because I had to give like another proof of, like I had to give another credit card to prove who it was. So then I'm like, well, maybe they, so I checked all my credit cards. It wasn't charged to any of them. And so I called the the store back. I'm like, I bought a computer. I I bought it. I'm using it now. I have the computer and I want to pay for my computer. And they said, oh, we're very sorry. We see the problem. Thank you so much for your honesty. It's, It's on your credit card now. I'm like, okay. Another two months goes by and I don't get a bill. So I go into the store and I, and I, and I say to the person at the counter, now bear in mind, in the, in the meantime, I've, before I've gone to this point, I faxed them twice and I've called them twice and, and so far nothing. I go into the store and I say, look, I am the most honest person to ever shop in this store. I bought $2,000 worth of electronics. I want to pay for it. And they look in the computer and the woman types it up. Now she's like, you know, like an older, you know, I mean like older, but she's not a kid. She's like, you know, 45 years old. She's, you know, obviously been there a while. And she punches it up. She's like, so she's typing it into the computer. She's like, yeah, you know what? I won't tell if you won't. And she walks away. 
And that was seven years ago. I never paid for that computer. But do you know how hard I tried to pay for that piece of crap? Oh, oh my God. Wow. That is the funniest story. I can't believe I... you tried so hard to pay for it. I didn't. <laughs> so far, let's keep track. I've stolen $2,300 <laughs> you didn't steal anything. If you call oh and they said, "Yeah, you didn't steal that." Yeah, I know, I know. yeah. yeah mm-hmm. that's not. The food, I would have the food thing was an issue, though. The food thing, the food thing was unfortunate. The food thing was unfortunate. Yeah. Well, did they? they fig- um, well, I got a question. Did they figure it out? What the credit card? Or were you already the, gone? The, the, no, the food situation with the lady. No, I was the manager. I just, I looked like I was helping her out to her car. The food was bad. I try, and literally, I tried. They forbid me to accept that woman's check. But you know what? I know, but did they, they figure out? Did, the did they figure out? Did they give it to? No. That's awesome. Yeah. No. Awesome. Never uh, You know what? That's what you get. And I actually resigned that day. So worked Good. out well. Good. Well, I got a dirty look today because I let um the there was two there was an older gentleman and an older lady, and they were buying. They had a tax exempt sheet. And they had two full carts full of groceries. They had adopted two families for Christmas, and they were buying them groceries and easily $250 worth of groceries a piece. So $500 worth of groceries in these two carts. And um, I let the older gentleman walk out with the first cart for the first family to load in the van. And my sacker goes, why did you do that? And I was like, because he's 65 years old with a tax exempt sheet from <laughs> the United Methodist <laughs> Church. I think we can he's trying to sell. If he's trying to sell groceries, I'll eat my shorts. <laughs> like, seriously. I'll pay for it. People are too ridiculous these days. You know, we had, um, we had one person. It was, it was near the holidays, and we had a woman who, um, for whatever reason, I think she didn't have enough money in her checking account, and we didn't accept credit cards at the time. And she, whatever she needed to do, she needed to go somewhere to get money. And I, we, we didn't like if if you were a regular customer, we we would trust you. But we, I'd never seen this woman before. So in her story was that she needed. It, it was right near a holiday. She's like, I need to get the food, you know, to wherever because they need to start cooking right away because it was a party in a couple of hours. She's like, and I'm like, well, can you leave me anything behind? Like, can you leave me your driver's license or can you leave me something that I can keep? You know, so I can identify you. And she didn't have a credit card. That was it. So she's like, all I have is my husband. So we, so her husband stayed behind is like, like collateral. So it was kind of weird. It was like, it was like, kind of like, you know, he was our hostage. And I remember it was, it was, it was, it was, the, it was a very busy morning. It was like an extremely busy morning. We didn't have enough staff on and I was in charge and I'm looking around. I'm like, do you think we can make him work? <laughs> like, in the help, like beggar. it was the strangest thing, but we kept the guy and he helped us. It was, it was hilarious. I don't know. It was sad. Hey, when I hear a great Christmas story, I forget if I've told this Christmas story on the podcast. When I was 16 years old, my uncle, who has been dressing up as Santa every year since his oldest child, who's now like 32, was born. And he's really good at it. Although I'm going to put pictures up on perfectweekly.com. The first year, I, he came over when I was born. It was my first Christmas. I was 11 months old. He came over my house dressed as Santa, and I don't believe I had ever seen Santa before. To say I flipped out would be a very generous understatement. I literally had a full-scale panic attack, and I have pictures. I literally, like, like I am gonna, I will put pictures up, I promise, on powerfictweekly.com. I cannot express the ever-living crap that got scared out of me by this big red guy. 
and the so I so that's my first Christmas. Then my second Christmas, I, he's hold, he came up the house and he's holding me. I look so freaking drugged and sedated out of my mind <laughs> in this picture. There is no way they did not get me drunk before he came over. But anyway, so I'm 16 years old, and my cousin had young children. So um, my uncle was going to go and visit. He was going to go and visit uh, my cousin, you know, his young boys to do the Santa thing. And whatever, I forget the reason why, either he couldn't fit behind the wheel as Santa or whatever happened, I needed to drive him. So <laughs> I, I'm driving around with Santa Claus in my passenger seat. And I get to, and I get to my, and I get to my cousin's, now I can't go in because then that would seem suspicious because while Jen is able to do a great, um, computer representation of it, I am not really an elf. So I cannot do the elf thing. Jen, I have a, remind me to tell you the elf story too. So I, okay. I, I go to my, so I have to wait outside. So I'm Santa's getaway driver. And so Santa goes in the house and with the, with the bag of toys and he does, he does the Santa thing. So I'm sitting in the car with the radio and I'm literally <laughs> ducking down in the car because, so they can't recognize me. Cause I can't tell if they can recognize my car. And I forget the kids were like, I think six and four or something. Like that. I forget how old they were. So, all of a sudden, the screen door goes flying open, and I'm sorry. So Santa comes out of the house, and I see Santa coming down the street. And all of a sudden, the screen door goes flying open, and the kids are chasing Santa out of the house. And the problem is, they're going to see him get. They're going to see my car. So I start driving away. My uncle starts chasing my car, and the kids are chasing him. So that anyone who lives in the street. <laughs> I'm trying to lose Santa, and he's being chased by, you know, screaming, crying children. So eventually, he catches up to me. He, like, dives in the car, and we take off, and my cousin grabs his kids. So he's like, he's like, your cousin's wife told me to make a, a quick stop. I'm like, oh, wh- wh- where the hell are we going? So he, he gives me an address. He's like, do you know where this is? I need to go to this house. I'm like, uh, so I, I know where it is. So we, we end up driving to a house. I have no idea. He won't tell me what's going on. And he gets out of the car, and he... He's looking around like you can tell he's never been there before either. And he walks up to a house and he bangs on the door. And um, I forget who answered the door first, but there were two young kids and, you know, a middle-aged, you know, married couple answer the door. And he hands the, um, the, the mother an envelope and he talks for a couple of minutes and she opens the envelope. And she, like, looks over at her husband, and they're very confused. They obviously don't know him, and the kids don't know what's going on. And he, you know, says something to the kids, and the kids are all excited because Santa came to the door. And he walks over and gets in my car, which probably traumatized these poor children, because why is Santa, you know, riding shotgun in the, in the Jeep Wrangler or whatever? <laughs> so, and we drive off. And, and I'm like, I'm like, what the hell? What, what was that? What was that? What happened was my cousin's um, wife had a close group of girlfriends, and one of them... Um, had cancer, and I believe what happened was she was maybe um, in her late 30s. Uh, she had cancer, and she had beat the cancer, and then the cancer came back. And this was, I think this was like December 22nd or 23rd. They only gave her until like February to live. So all of the, all of the, 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 the friend, they had written, they didn't have a lot of money, this family. They had raised something like six or seven thousand dollars, and they had Santa deliver the money to the door. So it was like the coolest thing I've ever seen happen at Christmas. And my part of it was I was Santa's getaway driver. So Christmas, Aww. go there. So. <laughs> nice. That was nice. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and finish my original story I told before we had the whole Santa tangent and then the whole retail tangent. And, which, because it actually kind of ties in with the uh, whole being dressed up as Santa. 
Um, as anyway, long as there's no forest fires, go for it, man. There's no forest fires. Um, <laughs> as I was saying, uh, we were pretty much uh, very impatient ch- little children. And uh, so in order to appease us all, um, the adults in the family, one of them, I guess, would Rochambeau and they get stuck as dressing up as Santa. And in my grandmother's house, there the the like the living room backed up to the the backyard, and there was this huge window, so like you could see how it was going in the backyard. And each year, what they would do is the Santa and the Santa Claus person would run past this pane window, drop off a bag of of which would be presents, like wave, and then run off as fast as you, he could. Well, mm-hmm. as we got older, and as we were no longer like three and four, and became more like six, seven, eight, nine. We would start chasing after after Santa, and um, <laughs> so literally it would be like okay, like we'd like try to time when Santa would come, and then like we'd be like by the door, and my poor uncle who was actually Santa that year, um, I guess I was at the door at the right time at the right as he came by and dropped off. So I literally op- like we we always would open the door and run after him, but they'd usually like run ahead. They're so fast and being little kids, you can catch up. But as we got older, we could catch up. And I got to the point where I actually had grabbed my uncle's, like the, the costume off of his back, like been still. And then my, one of my cousins literally had to tackle me to the ground from stopping me from stopping my uncle who was portraying Santa in fears that I would find out that Santa Claus wasn't real. And it was my uncle and blah, blah, blah. And it was just, yeah, it was like, Trying to like take Santa down just didn't work. But the cool part about it is, um, my cousin's children are old enough. So as punishment, I guess I get to be Santa Claus this year and run by and drop off presents. <laughs> now, so, when you say you're going to be Santa Claus, are you going to wear any, um, augmentation at all? Um, are you going to do, are you, you going to have, you know, for example, a long white beard? Are you going to have like, oh yeah, no, yeah, I'll, no, I will be like dressed up like Santa Claus. Okay. I'll put on a suit, so they actually think it's Santa. I drop off the stuff and I run. Not like and being, Rob with a red. No, this won't be anything. No, it's like Santa has come and dropped off an early Christmas gift to keep the children quiet, quiet for, for dinner, pretty much. So it's kind of cool, but um, I'm, I'm looking for Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, because the way my family does it is um, not the so much. Yeah, it's one present before dinner, so we'll all shut up and be quiet, and they can do it, like, talk with the adults, whatever the adults did when I was young. And we have dinner, and then, like, a couple hours later, um, before bedtime, we'd open all of our presents. And then we'd open up Santa's presents in the morning, which essentially were, like, little little stocking stuffers. So That's huh. a good question. Do you guys do... Because I've only done things one way, so I'm actually not sure if it's like a regional thing or not. Like we do Christmas presents on Christmas morning. Do you all do that as well? Yeah, yeah. that's what we do. Okay, I know a lot. I guess a lot of people do it on Christmas uh, Eve. Gee, do you? What, what do you do? Well, we we're like we are um, uber Catholics, so we go to um, midnight mass, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then when we come back from midnight mass, we open presents, and then you sleep for twelve hours. No, and then we um, then we'll like have a glass of wine and watch a movie as a family, and then go to bed about six o'clock, wake up at noon, and have brunch on Christmas morning. That's actually impressive. Afternoon, more like that sounds like a good Christmas. (laughs) It's actually I love Christmas. It's like my it's it's my favorite time, and like because my family is like, I grew up singing, like so my dad played guitar in church, and I've sung in church since from the time I was ten. So like. 
this year I'm singing at seven at midnight mass. So like Christmas Eve is the big time in our family. So we do all of our traditions on Christmas Eve and then, um, We'll come home and everybody changes out of their nice clothes. And Amanda complains about having to wear high heels. And I tell mm-hmm. her to shut up. Yeah. And um, we all change into pajamas and go downstairs and open up presents. And then we, and you know, drink and watch movies. Yep. Yeah. I, I, we have a really cool tradition that we do every year that, that I like that on um, Christmas Eve is actually a really big time for us. And, and we're not Catholic, but, you know, my family's very religious and we're, we're, you know, Baptist, and I know that um, we, if Christmas Eve was the one time out of the year that was special because it started out the tradition of food as Christmas Eve, you get to eat whatever you want, whatever. Um, so you could have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with lobster and um, apple pie and, you know, a candy cane if you wanted. Wow, that explains so and, much. <laughs> Does it? Well, anyway, and so it it turned out like over the years, it has just progressed into this huge, like, and now we've got James, but so it's the five of us now, but it's just grown. Like we set everything out in the floor on a bit, like a picnic in the den. And there's everything, meatballs and lobster and crabs and shrimp and, and, um, you know, uh, turkey, like everything you could possibly think, like finger food, everything. And, um, or food that you, I don't know if that makes sense. Food that you have to eat with your hand. I don't think everything's a finger food. But so we all eat this big deal and we watch <laughs> every single year. We watch the Muppet Christmas Carol um, <laughs> and sing along with all the songs. Yeah. So that's Christmas Eve. And we um, we always got to open one present. We got to pick whatever it yeah. was. Just But it had to be one that was under the tree because my parents do a lot of, they don't wrap a lot in the morning. We still do from Santa and we have our piles of gifts, but they're not wrapped. Um, so we got to open one wrapped gift and, and we got to do that. And so then on Sunday, um, I mean, in the morning, we always have church. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is, but there's always a, a, like a, a 7.30 service where you go, oh, and I forgot before we go to bed every night, we read the, um, the Christmas story from the Bible. And yeah. so every year that's what we did. And then the next morning we would go to church and uh, do that. Um, and then we would come back home. Then we come back home and um, we open all our gifts <laughs> and um, which was always horrible um, to wait that in our later years, they let us get up. We got to, we used to op- make dad get up at like four thirty, and we would go and we would open our presents and then go to church and then we'd sleep all day. But all, every Christmas morning, we don't do Christmas dinner because really we jump around so much. Um, we go to dad's side of the family or now that I'm married after we wake up and stuff, we go to James's house. But, um, but we do Christmas breakfast, which is mom really goes, I mean, sausage, bacon, waffles, pancakes, this huge, like, sickening meal. And uh, it's so oh, early. I know. So you eat and eat, and then you just sleep for the rest of the day. <laughs> but that's kind of our, and then we, seriously, for three days straight, usually, we just sit and play with our toys or Usually toys. I don't. I think I'm getting a lot of books this year, so I don't know if there'll be toys. But I thought you knew your, get a lot your of gifts were in advance. Huh? I thought you you knew your gifts in advance. Yeah, I shopped for my Christmas this year, and James wrapped. Them. Oh, I do that too. I do that too with my siblings. Hey, well, Brian, James. Question. Yeah. Did you send me a copy of Love Actually? No. 
Because I got another copy of that movie in the mail today. <laughs> oh, did I accidentally mail it to you? <laughs> you might have. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hold on. This is, this is... This is... <laughs> hold on. I thought I canceled that. Hold on. <laughs> if if, if yeah. not, she... So I need to send it back? If not, she... I can send it back. If not, Merry Christmas. Hang on. Let me check it. <laughs> She was having, like, the worst night ever, and she's like, I love the movie, love actually, so I ran over about to buy it. Then I'm like, I wonder if she's just going through a phase, so I, like, I didn't purchase the movie, and now it's, apparently, maybe I did, hang on, let's check. Track packages. Who, who, Meg, you love it? I love that movie. I'll ship it to Meg. Yeah, yeah, Chi, do you mind shipping it it to Meg? Or Rob, or basically whoever. Yeah, I'll ship it to Meg from you. Hold on, there you go. Oh crap! I sent you love. Actually, I hope you enjoy. I do. I just it's just that I already have a copy. How the hell did I do that? Oh no! Why it must have stayed in my oh it must have stayed in my cart. It got there on December fourteenth. You're just noticing it now. Well, I only check my mail at my apartment like once every week or so because it's like on the other side of the complex and I'm lazy. Oh well, I hope you enjoy it. Send it to whoever you want. I will. I will. It's just. It's just that somebody else already gave me that movie. Well, no, I actually thought to myself, oh, good, I'm so glad I didn't buy it. <laughs> so, uh, Meg, I'll send it to you. Happy Christmas for our friends. <laughs> I just like the part where all the wedding guests join in the song. Me too. I love the part And where, I like Alan Rickman. I love the part where, where I almost said Tony Emma Blair. Thompson absolutely breaks my heart where, with that movie. Where Hugh oh Grant absolutely kicks the president's ass. I love that part. Me too. Yeah, and they say Harry Potter. I hate Billy Bob Thornton. They do. Harry Potter. Remember him? Uh, Harry Potter. Potter. So here we go. Has come I'm to to add that in. Harry Potter has come to home. So, so this Christmas is going to be cool because the day, the day afterwards, I'm actually looking forward to more than Christmas itself this year. Really? It's when Julia and I start po- po- uh, the Pawncast. The Pawncast. First so recording. Pa- now, how do you resp- pronounce that? Is it P A W N? Is that how you spell it? Uh, it's P W N. Is how you spell it, but I'm sorry. Uh, how you pronoun- say it phonetically? How you is P A W N? We're yeah, we're going to pronounce yeah. it like a pawn shop. P A W N. Yeah. Now, when do, now when does your first episode go live? Uh, probably the first week of January. Cool. My birthday week. There you go. Dedicated That's to happy Jen. birthday. <laughs> Dedicate the And episode. Jen, I started, I actually laid awake at night last night. I could not sleep and I was, I have the first half of your, of your birthday fic written in my mind. Oh, sweetie, thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, she was like, is there anything you want? And I was like, yes, here's my novel that I want you to write. <laughs> now, I got it. I happen yes. to know the best. Christmas gift that Jen is going to get this year. I already know what it is. You do? I know what it is, she, too. I'm excited. She is it the same thing that I'm thinking? I think, I think it's the same thing that you're thinking. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking? Hold on. I'm typing to you. Hold on. Okay. I'm, I'm holding no, on. No, type to me. <laughs> you know, while, while, while they're yes. typing, yes. Dan, it's quite interesting because uh, it's inter- like out here, at least at least I know like with all the people that I talk to, that's pronounced pwn like, hmm. instead of pawn. Because I guess, like, my understanding of it is it's the words power and owned put together, so pwned. Just right. random. I've always heard of yeah. pwned, but maybe it's just an East Coast. Yeah, West in different dialects, different accents. Oh, can I just tell oh, you? Oh, I was explaining to Keza the, the different dialects in the United States. She's like, that's insane. And I was like, yeah, there's only, like, seven or eight. Can I tell like, you, I, we got the best... 
best voicemail from Keza. And you know what?
say about him. You know, I sat down to think about what to write when Jen sort of, well, she didn't really attack me. Well, she sort of attacked me. Don't let her lie to you. Um, Thought about what to say. And, you know, what can you say, Huggles? You know, he's the man behind the madness that is Fufwa. I mean, what can really say about him? You know, sure, he wears funny pilgrim outfits. Yes, he can't pronounce Melinda's name to save his life. And just as a note, Ryan, there is no ER on Melinda. Just remember that. He's also he's also the guy that is so blatantly Hufflepuff that he just can't be helped. I mean, you can just tell that after five minutes of talking to him. And, you know, that said, I mean, he really has always been an excellent person to talk to and, a, a, frankly, a, a good man. And, you know, he and his uh, lovely minions and cohorts have created an exquisite environment for us to, you know, for the strange Potter addicts. You know, Puff is not just a sight, it's really just a way of life. And it's because of him that we have this wonderful place to come to with people that we can call genuine friends, and you know, 
that we can come here and speak intelligently to people and not to worry about retribution. It's because of him that we can come here, fight with one another one night, and be the best of friend ten minutes later. It's because of him that I will get free hurricanes from Julia at Terminus. Thank you, Julia. Rock on. It's because of this good man that my own podcast got off the ground smoothly, that the site was managed fairly well, and that everything ran about as smoothly as it could for an idiot like me to be running the place. So, you know, it's because of him that I have a site that I'm proud to call my Potter home, the only one I've ever had. You know, I went around a long time trying to find a place that I could feel comfortable with everybody, and, you know, it doesn't happen very often. You know, MuggleNet didn't do it for me, Leaky, um... You know, there's so many that I've joined and left that I can't even remember. So, you know, I don't want to burn up this whole thing by just complaining about the other sites that have sucked and I'm not compared to before at all. So, you know, it's <laughs> it all boils down to it because of this really strange guy from Massachusetts that I have met lots of friends that I am sure I will have for life. So, long story short, I want to thank you very much, Headmaster Argos, for creating Pufwa. We all love you. Dear Ryan... It's hard for me to believe that 10 months ago, I didn't know anything about Pufwa. I feel like it's become such an important part of my life that it's just always been there, if you know what I mean. I can't even begin to say how listening to Pufwa has saved my sanity at work, especially when I'm stuck doing repetitive, mindless things, something that happens more often than not. Each new episode is eagerly anticipated, and it's on my iPod as soon as humanly possible. I remember that I found TFW from an advertisement on a live journal, and I downloaded the first episode pretty much on a whim since I'm always on the lookout for something new and entertaining to listen to when the job gets born. And right from the very first episode, I was hooked. The humor caught my attention, the intelligent discussion kept it, and I found myself wanting more. So I moseyed. I'm from Texas, you know, so I can say that. I moseyed over to the forum, registered, and, is, and as is my usual habit, lurked. Had absolutely no intention whatsoever to ever post. Ha. That lasted all of a day, I think, if that. Not long, in any case. I saw something that interested me, posted a response, and then I thought I might ought to introduce myself. And y'all were so friendly. It was amazing. PSW was teeny tiny then, just a wee thing, so it was hard to... So it was easy to get to know everyone, and I just knew I'd found a home. And so here we are, 10 months later. PSW is larger. There are more members, more listeners, more hours and hours and hours of podcasts under our belts, and somehow it still feels like home. Remember when I took my sorting test and you told me I didn't have to send it in because there's no option for me other than Hufflepuff or that certain list of words I sent you or the PMs back and forth about nothing and everything? I think we touched all of the taboo subjects, religion, politics, and who knows what else, and still came out friends. Or the email marathon when PFW decided it hated me for the day and wouldn't let me log on, and I was lost without my fix. These are just some of my memories from this place. And it all comes down to you, Ryan. You had this idea, you started the podcast, you started the forum, and you've kept it running. And I pretty much just stand back in awe and watch. So I just wanted to say thank you for providing this place for us, for challenging us to try things outside the box, and just for being such a great guy and a terrific friend. And that's enough for me, or everyone's going to drown in Hufflepuff sappiness. I just want to tell you Merry Christmas, and we all love you. And I'll talk to you later. Bye. Is that you, Santa Claus? Yes, I'm preparing for some Christmas sharing, but I'll be. 
Percy gave to me a lecture all about the ministry. On the second day of Christmas, Hermione gave to me two homework helpers and a lecture all about the ministry. On the third day of Christmas, Neville gave to me three vulture hats, two homework helpers, and a lecture all about the ministry. On the fourth day of Christmas, Hagrid gave to me four flubber worms, three vulture hats, two homework helpers, and a lecture all about the ministry. On the fifth day of Christmas, Harry gave to me five golden snitches, four flubber worms, three vulture hats, two homework helpers, and a lecture all about the ministry. On the sixth day of Christmas, Lockhart gave to me six signed portraits, five golden snitches, four flubber worms, three vulture hats, two homework helpers, and a lecture all about the ministry. On the seventh day of Christmas, Mundungus gave to me seven stolen cauldrons, six signed portraits, five golden snitches, four flubber worms, three vulture hats, two homework helpers, and a lecture all about the ministry. On the eighth day of Christmas, one one gave to me eight outdated dress from seven stolen cottons, six signed portraits, five golden snitches, four flubber worms, three vulture hats, two homework helpers, and a lecture all about the ministry. 
On the ninth day of Christmas, Lee Jordan gave to me nine nosebleed nougats, eight outdated dresser, seven stolen car, and six signed porters, five golden snitches, four fubber worms, three vulture hats, two homework helpers, and a lecture all about the ministry. On the tenth day of Christmas, Jenny gave to me ten bat bogey hexes, nine nosebleed nougats, eight outdated dresser, seven stolen car, and six signed porters, five golden snitches. Four fubber worms, three vulture hats, two homework helpers, and a lecture all about the ministry. On the eleventh day of Christmas, Sirius gave to me eleven shrunken alphabets, ten babuki hexes, nine nosebleed nougats, eight outdated dresser, seven stolen cards, six signed porters, five golden snitches, four fubber worms, three vulture hats, two homework helpers, and a lecture all about the ministry. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my dear mom gave to me twelve more ugly sweaters, eleven shrunken outfits, ten big bogey hexes, nine nosebleed nougats, eight outdated dress ropes, seven stolen cauldrons, six signed porters, five golden snitches, four flower worms, three vulture hats, two homework helpers, and a lecture all about the ministry. Go to hell, Lady Cheese, and Jinx Bells or something. Go to hell, go to hell. No, can we, no let's think of something. Could I sing something along the lines of, like, you all, like, like, you know, for example, you know, always breathing on your microphone, eating Chinese during the podcast. Like, there's got to be something that rhymes there. <laughs> I know. It's I'm like so, so bad. Cheating early are... years. I'm like twitching during the podcast. If we didn't love cheese so much, we wouldn't like it. Wouldn't be as funny. But we're like, cheat. Can you stop eating? And she's like, I haven't <laughs> eaten in three days. You slave driving bastard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I skipped supper tonight to do this. So. Yeah, I haven't eaten either, so... Me neither, I'm starving. Oh my god, why aren't we in the Me podcast now? Are, okay, tell you what, guys, we're ending the podcast. Cause we're, <laughs> From starvation. We're actually ending a podcast through the starvation of the primary hosts. <laughs> so with that, thank you so much, everyone, for, for writing in and, and your very kind words. Although, basically, without you all, I would be selling aluminum siding in my free time. And um, I think we'll probably close out with even more voicemails and songs, so... On yes. behalf of the Puffwanian delegation, have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see you all sometime mid-July. Oh, my God. Mid-July. Mid-January. Yay, big break. Yay. We put out 4,000 hours of content. We'll be back in six months. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a great holiday. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We have to end with that. Wait, we have to sing it again. Cheat. Everybody has to sing it all together. Everybody sing it. What are we singing? We wish you a Merry Christmas. We're going to do it like we do the, we're going to do it like we do the commentaries. Instead of one, two, three, click, it'll be one, two, three, one, start. No, we can't go from one, two, three, to three, two, one. It's very confusing. We have Here, to maintain the one, two, three, sing. <laughs> Except when I say sing, you <laughs> All right, one, okay, ready? two, three, click. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
And that, my fellow hosts, is why Potterfic Weekly qualifies for matching federal funds. <laughs> he laughs because it's true. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye, guys. Bye. How can it be? This baby in my arms, sleeping now, so peacefully, the Son of God, the angel said, how could it be? Lord, I know. He's not my own, not of my flesh, not of my bone. Still, Father, let this baby be the son of my love. Father, show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the Son of God? Lord, for all my life I've been a simple carpenter. How can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? You look so small. His face and hand so fair And when he smiles The world just seems to disappear But when he laughs It shines again How could it be? Father, show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the Son of God? Lord, for all my life I've been a simple carpenter. How can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? How can it be this baby in my arms? Sleeping now so peacefully The Son of God, the angel said How could it be? Ryan, thank you for putting up with endless discussions of scorpions, bears, exploding national parks, insults to every nation, gender, religion, creed, and sexual orientation. And that was just one episode. Thank you for spending time getting to know your staff and for all the times you had to edit episodes on the sly while visiting your fiancé. Thank you for being willing to fly to Texas for every one of their 50 or so times Jen has had a near-death experience. Thank you for taking the heat when an episode has to be delayed because of technical problems faced by one of your editors. And most of all, thank you for starting this podcast and forum in the first place. Dear Headmaster Huggles, 
I cannot find the words to thank you enough for everything you've done for us. Which is weird, because I was an English major and I make my living off of words. Damn you, English language, and your insufficient vocabulary to describe my love for Ryan. Anyway, without you and all of your efforts, PFW quite simply would not exist. And that would be really sad for me, because without it, I would never have met you and Jen and Chi and Dan and all the other awesome people I can now call my friends. Also, and I know that this is going to sound absolutely nuts, but the Puffla has kept me sane. Yeah, I know. Go ahead, take a moment and laugh at the irony there. But it's true. My life right now is at a point where I'm in one city and most of my friends live over an hour away. I don't talk with them often, and I almost never see them. Without Puffla, those long hours of isolation and feeling cut off from the world would have been just absolutely horrible. But when I'm feeling my worst, you'll Skype me and tell me about an epic battle with the plastic wrapping on the Order of the Phoenix DVD, or Dan will tell me that we got a new band for the radio, or she will inform me that Harry and Ginny have to sit in separate corners until they're ready to stop talking like bad romance novel characters, or Jen will be asking me to sing a Christmas song or something equally ridiculous. Without PFW, and thus without you, I would not have made it through the past three months. I owe you more than I can possibly express here and more than I can ever repay. But I just want you to know that you are a true Hufflepuff, that I love you, and that I thank you for everything. Love, Julia. Hi, this is Ryan's mother calling. Um, I just wanted to ask Jen, did all these things really happen and your poor father had a heart attack and everything else? And I also wanted to say if you're ever in the Boston area, you're welcome to come and visit us. Bye-bye. Have a nice holiday. Hello, everyone. This is Peter Griffin. You know, I have a special message for you about Christmas. As we all know, Christmas is that mystical time of year when the ghost of Jesus rises from the grave to feast on the flesh of the living. So we all sing him Christmas carols to lull him back to sleep. On that note, I have a song for you. It goes like this. Look at the bells, look at the bells, look at the bells, look at the bells. Holy crap, here comes Jesus, and he doesn't look too happy. I also have another favorite. goes like this. I brought these gifts for you. They're up in my bum. Merry Christmas, everyone. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by the choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe it helps to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa is on his way Loading lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy 
to see it reindeer really know how to fly and so I'm offering this simple frame to kids from one to nine two although it's been said many times many ways Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas to If you're a member on our forums, then you've no doubt heard of our UO wall. For those of you who aren't members, what are you waiting for? <laughs> anyway, I am pleased to announce the winner of our UO ball one-shot competition, Gen 2, perhaps better known in the fanfiction world as going back to square one, author of the post-Deathly Hollows fic Continuum. Sit back and enjoy her winning entry, a marvelous piece of Harry Jenny fluff, entitled The Bet. The Bet. By going back to square one. Isn't that exciting, Harry? asked Hermione, who sighed as she moved in from behind him and pointed to the middle of the Gryffindor common room announcement board. Things are going to be altogether different than two years ago. I just know it, she said with bright eyes, clutching her books to her chest. Leaning in further and speaking softly, Harry could barely make out her voice as she murmured into his ear. He's asked me, you know. Harry smiled owlishly at his friend from behind his glasses. She was behaving much more like a lavender or Parvati than he'd ever seen her, reminding him his best friend was, indeed, a real girl. That's great, Hermione. I'm glad he didn't wait this time. At least one of us learned our lesson from fourth year, deadpanned Harry, giving Hermione a lopsided grin. Who will you take? asked Hermione, scratching the side of her head thoughtfully with her free hand. Ginny's obviously going with Dean, so she's not an option, she rattled, ignoring the pained look on Harry's face as she mentioned the understandable pairing of Ginny and Dean. Neville's asked Luna, so she's not an option either. I suppose you could ask Lavender, but she's been hinting at Seamus all morning, so I reckon your chances of getting her are slim. You could always ask Parvati if you'd like to take a Gryffindor, but... Considering the hideous way you and Ron treated the twins in your fourth year, I highly doubt she'd be she'd consider accompanying you this time. Wow, Harry, I really didn't think it would be that difficult for you, said Hermione as she finally drew breath and noticed Harry's slightly aggrieved expression. As last result, I suppose it's always Ramilda, she teased. You know, I could go stag or not go at all, said Harry, who wrinkled his nose and rolled his eyes in annoyance as he shuffled his feet uncomfortably. It's just a stupid ball. Harry Potter, are you trying to get out of going to the Yule Ball? Harry looked at his trainers and closely inspected a spot near his left toe. Just drop it, okay? I don't like to dance. You've known that for years he said as he looked into Hermione's stunned face. I reckon maybe I could lend my dress robes to Ron. You could help him with an alteration charm to lengthen them a bit so he wouldn't have to wear his Auntie Muriel's old dressing gown. 
You using Ron's dress robes as an excuse for skiving off the Yule Ball? asked Hermione incredulously. You've got to be kidding me! He could go in his Auntie Muriel's old knickers and I'd still be delighted going with him. What's your real reason, Harry? All the good girls are taken, moaned Harry, giving in to his perceptive best friend, knowing she never let the issue just drop. Just as he finished his sentence, Ginny and Dean breezed by the notice board, laughing their way towards a portrait hole, painfully reminding him of his previous statement. Hermione narrowed her eyes and dragged Harry by the arm to the common room sofa, sitting him down with the determination of a woman on a mission. You know, I reckon I just noticed something that I should have seen a long time ago, Harry Potter, she taunted. It's been swirling and floating around for weeks, maybe even months, but I didn't put my finger on it until just now. You just watched Ginny from the moment she stepped off the dormitory stairs until the moment she disappeared out of her portrait hall. You weren't even listening to me. Once she was gone, you actually looked crestfallen, exclaimed Hermione. Harry blanched and reached out towards Hermione, shushing her as he looked fretfully around the common room for witnesses. Oh my! gasped Hermione, her eyes wide as saucers as she brought a hand to her mouth. That's it! I really was just taking a guess! But I was dead on, wasn't I? It's Ginny! You finally noticed Ginny Weasley! She grinned in amusement. Oh, Merlin! Oh, dear, sweet Merlin! My Cersei, holy Athena, galloping hippogriffs! Does Ron know? Harry made a dreadful noise like someone choking on his own tongue. No, he answered forcefully. He's not going to either. You're not going to be the word of this, Hermione. Do you hear me? Not one word. She's my best maid sister. This isn't supposed to be happening. She's with Dean. I've got a prophecy hanging over my head. Damn it, Hermione, this is not funny, he hissed, pointing his finger and waving his hands about in noticeable distress, finally settling with both arms crossed petulantly about his chest, as if shielding him from Hermione's onslaught. Harry's apparent dismay did nothing to assuage Harry's delight. She continued to laugh with mirth behind the safety of her hand as the light of her brown eyes danced with each breath she took in muffled restraint. But it is, Harry! It's wonderful! Ron must hear this. There's no one he'd rather be with Ginny than you. You're the only one who's ever going to be good enough for her in his eyes. This thing with Dean, it's just a temporary distraction, Harry. Temporary distraction, my ass, grumbled Harry as he pulled a wayward string on the cuff of his jumper. You're not the one who happened upon them as they ducked out from behind a tapestry on the sixth floor last week. If that's a distraction... I'd like to see what Ginny looks like when she's serious about someone, he growled, thinking of how he wanted to curse Dean's bits right there in the corridor after seeing the look of sheer glee plastered across his face. Well, if you want to know that, Harry, started Hermione gently, all you need to do is watch her when she looks at you. Harry watched Ginny and Dean all through lunch in the Great Hall later that day trying not to appear overly interested in Ginny's obvious bad mood and Dean's noticeable frustration. Thinking himself a prat for wishing his doormate ill will, Harry was washing down the remainder of his sandwich with the last of his pumpkin juice when he noticed Ginny leaving the Great Hall for her afternoon classes. Mesmerized, he watched the bounce of her step as it corresponded with the sway of her hair falling down her back in its loose ribbon. 
how the light from the charmed sky above them danced and reflected off the golden highlights in her auburn hair. Harry! Startled, Harry turned from watching Ginny exit the hall to see Dean Thomas standing there beside him with a sorrowful look on his face. What's up, Dean? he asked, hoping Dean hadn't caught him ogling his girlfriend. I'm sure you've noticed. Ginny's upset. Uh, yeah, mate, answered Harry, grateful for Dean's timely excuse. She's a hard one not to notice when she's angry. What's got her going now? he improvised. Mom sent me an owl this morning. She wants me home for Christmas holiday. I told Ginny was because of a family illness, but it's really because Mom scolded me some tickets to see West Ham. Really? asked Harry, suddenly interested. But Ginny's really upset about the ball, you see. Until Mom's out, I promised her we'd be going. She really wants to go, said Dean thoughtfully. But here's my problem. Then there are entirely too many blokes around who appreciate Ginny's assets, if you understand what I mean. And I was hoping you'd take it to the U-Ball for me, grinned Dean conspiratorially as he cuffed Harry on the arm. Take Ginny to the ball? parroted Harry, staring blankly at the boy beside, standing beside him. For you? Uh, well, yeah, answered Dean uncomfortably. You're like a brother, mate. There's no one else who I trust more than Ron to take her to the ball. And she's surely not going to allow Ron to escort her, laughed Dean. I mean, those dress robes. Right, deadpanned Harry. Her brother. I'm like her brother. You trust me. He couldn't believe Dean Thomas was actually insinuating he was Jenny's brother, and he was trustworthy above all other boys at Hogwarts. Jenny would probably be safer with a Slytherin at this point. He was sure Malfoy wasn't ha having embarrassing fantasies every time she walked by, or praising the gods for books and robes because of the constant rise of things whenever she was around. I'm sure she'll go with you. It's a perfect answer to the problem, mate, speculated Dean happily. You get to go to the ball with a beautiful girl, although she is like your sister, and I'll get to see the game of a lifetime, and Ginny can say she once went out with Harry Potter. We all win! Harry could not believe Dean's audacity. Sure, mate, I'll take her. Will you be telling her, or do you want me to? Asked Harry innocently. West Ham, the stupid bloke. As this was how much Dean respected Jenny Weasley, then Harry didn't feel at all bad about possibly moving in on his territory. Now all he had to do was convince himself that dating his best mate's sister was a good thing. Merlin, help him. Dear Gretchen Forge, it looks as if I may be taking your sister to the Yule Ball. Her stupid prat of a boyfriend has decided he'd rather see West Ham play than escort her to the Yule Ball. He's asked me to take her in his absence. Stupid git. Hermione mentioned Jenny was worried about her dress robes. She also said Jenny was going to write you about some rubbish about testing products to earn money so that she could buy better robes. Your silent partner wishes for you to extend your sister whatever credit she wishes. I will take care of whatever she needs. Please just owl me and let me know. Sincerely, Harry. Dear Harrykins, do we sense a little bit of animosity towards Mr. Thomas? We have always thought of him as a stupid bloke, especially when compared to you, whom we consider the ultimate of stupid blokes. You must have had it bad if you want to buy her clothes. Thomas would let her go purple and bounce slugs before he'd spend money on dress robes. We've got ten galleons on how long it takes you to kiss her. Forever, your partner's in crime.
P.S. We're assuming you've not told Ron because you have some hang-up about dating Argenikins. We're giving you a week before we let the world know. Dear twins, there's nothing to tell. Dean's asked me to take her. I told him I would. Ginny and I are good friends. I have more money than I know what to do with. End of story. If you go telling stories, I'll have to spill the news about your silent investor. I don't think your mom will like that much. Oh, and I won't be kissing her. The reason I'm taking her to the stupid ball is because I'm like her stupid brother, after all. Still respectfully yours, after all things considered, Harry. Dear Mr. Investor, we kindly advise you that our bet is still on the table. We think your previous owl is a load of rubbish. We use it to test one of our latest products. Based on the orders we've been forwarding around for our sister, we are not sure whether she's dressing for a ball or a wedding. The last owl we received to forward along was an order for lingerie. We kindly ask you, if there's nothing to tell, why would our sister buy knickers? If she'd have gone to the ball with Dean, she'd be wearing the same travesty mom bought her at the second-hand shop. Loving the torture. The entrepreneurs. Can we just keep these letters on topic? Like how much I owe you, for example? Yours. Harry. Harry seared the letter inside. He was sure the twins were taking the, the mickey out of him. Why would Ginny buy knickers for the Yule Ball? The whole idea was ridiculous. He resolved to find Hermione and ask her just what Ginny was up to with the new dress robes. He was sure she'd have a logical explanation. Harry glanced around the common room for his friends and found them absent. So he decided to make a quick trip to the Ellery to dispatch Hedwig with his latest note to the twins. Returning his books to his room and grabbing a jacket and some altreats, he headed off to post his letter. He shielded himself from the wind and shivered as he entered the messy chamber of the Owlery, and immediately realized he was not alone. Ginny! he exclaimed. Hi, Harry, said Hermione with an unusual blush. I was just up here to send a note to the twins when I realized Pig was gone. I really hate to use the school owls, but if I must... You can use Hedwig, offered Harry. I was just about to send her out with a letter of my own. Really? smiled Ginny. That's wonderful. It's not that I don't trust the school owls. It's just that this is really important, and I'd hate for the letter to be lost. It's time-sensitive, you see, she said, coloring again. Actually, I was just about to send a note to the twins as well, stammered Harry, whose glasses began to cloud from the warmth rising in his cheeks. Uh, dung bombs, for Ron's Christmas present. Ginny giggled. Your glasses are fucking, Harry. Uh, said Harry, who wished he could think of something intelligent to say. His cheeks were on fire, and he was sure the temperature had warmed by fifty degrees. Considering he just vehemently denied having romantic feelings for Ginny to her twin brothers via Alpos, his body said otherwise. Why don't you let me do something about that? asked Ginny. What? squeaked Harry. Your glasses. I can charm your glasses so they won't fog. Mom always does dads in the wintertime. Oh, breathed Harry with noticeable relief. Ginny cocked an eyebrow and gave him a sideways glance. My glasses, sure, okay. Are you all right? Asked Ginny as she waved her wand over her glasses, immediately clearing them so Harry could see the concern in her brown eyes. You've been awfully quiet lately. You haven't changed your mind, have you? She asked, quietly. I'm sure someone else will go with me if you'd like to take another girl to the ball said Jenny as she looked down at her boots. No! exclaimed Harry, resisting the urge to reach out and touch her hair. There's no one I'd rather take to the ball, actually, he said, smiling. 
Jenny looked up, surprised. Are you serious? Why wouldn't I be, countered Harry tenuously. Why wouldn't I want to take the prettiest girl at school to the ball? Jenny flushed an intense shade of crimson and took a deep breath. You know, Dean thought I should go with you because you're practically one of my brothers. Harry caught in all the courage that supposedly made him a worthy resident of the house of Godric Gryffindor. Now, why would he think that? Harry trudged up the last flight of stairs to the seventh-floor corridor, after spending two pointless hours researching a meaningless DADA essay in the library, when he heard a fantastic row echoing from the stairwell. Just as he was about to round the corner, he realized Ron and Ginny were the source of the noise. Curious about what had them going, Harry hung back to listen to the brawl. "'You are not my father, Ronald!' spat Ginny. "'You do not tell me what I can and cannot do!' I don't care who I am. You're not going anywhere dressed in those robes, thundered Ron. Ron, interjected Hermione meekly, I think you're overreacting a bit. You stay out of this, Hermione, snapped Ron. This is between me and my sister. Don't you speak to Hermione that way, you great stupid prat, screamed Jenny. Mom and Dad know exactly what robes I bought, and they approve. You have no say in this matter. You can take a great fat thick head and shove it up your oafish bony arse. You are not my keeper. Harry heard Hermione chuckle and Ron growl, and the pattering of small steps running as the portrait hole banged shut, causing the fat lady to cluck with displeasure. Squaring his shoulders from the shock of what he just overheard, Harry stepped around the corner and into the fray. Hi, Harry said Hermione, rolling her eyes towards Ron, who was still an amazing shade of purple. Did I just miss something? asked Harry, directing his question at Ron, who growled and huffed and stalked off towards the common room without answering. Well, by the looks of that, I'd say I did, he said, raising his eyebrows questioningly to Hermione. Ginny and Ron, offered Hermione, were in the room of requirement earlier. I took Ron to, there to alter his dress robes, she began thoughtfully as she conjured a bench for them to sit. He's grown, you know. Harry nodded. I should probably try mine, too, before it gets too late to have something delivered. Hermione smiled and continued. Ginny's robes arrived yesterday via outpost. She asked me if I'd like to make some minor alterations because she didn't want to do it herself. She needed to make the changes while she was wearing the robes and didn't want to ruin them, so she asked me. I thought we'd be in the room of requirement during Ron's, so she joined us. Ron flipped out. What do you mean, Ron flipped out? asked Harry. Her robes, Harry. She's not thirteen anymore. She's not that little girl who went to the Yule Ball with Neville two years ago. Of course she's not. But Ron sees Ginny every day. Surely he knows that. He doesn't see her like this, Harry, answered Hermione with a knowing smile. What do you mean? asked Harry for the second time. I reckon, blinked Hermione innocently, I'm going to let you see that for yourself. Come on, Hermione, said Harry with exasperation. Surely you know I've been the one behind all this. I told the twins I'd take care of everything. Could at least give me a little hint. You didn't tell me, scolded Hermione. She narrowed her eyes. What have they told you? Just a bunch of rubbish, really, admitted Harry. They told me she was dressing for a wedding. Then they owled me some nonsense about knickers. Hermione laughed out loud and then noticed Harry was staring off into space with an odd look upon his face. I wouldn't necessarily call them knickers, Harry. Let's say certain types of robe require certain types of support. 
Leave it to the twins to out you and tell you Ginny was buying knickers for the ball. How very classic of them, she giggled. Harry breathed a sigh of relief. Exactly why is she going to all this trouble, Hermione? Wouldn't she have just worn the same robe she already has if she'd gone with Dean? Hermione pondered the question. Probably. I don't get it. You're a great daft thing. How many times do I have to tell you? asked Hermione with a look of annoyance. Exactly how many times do you reckon I've heard a replay of your conversation in the Owlery? The Owlery? Oh, Harry, you're so very clueless. It's going to be such a pleasure to watch you as you're smacked in the head with this come the night of the ball, said Hermione with a big breathy sigh. Standing up, she offered her hand to Harry and led him back to the common room, where they promptly resumed revision for the next day's herbology exam. Harry, can I have a word? asked Dean in the evening before he was scheduled to return home on the Hogwarts Express for Christmas holiday. Sure, Dean, answered Harry, curious why his housemate was concerned. Uh, have you noticed Ginny lately? asked Dean awkwardly, with his eyebrows crunched together in a pained grimace. I'm not sure I understand what you mean, mate said Harry. She's been acting odd, distant. No, Harry said with a tone of surprise. Really? Yeah, I'm wondering if I should really go home for the game now. Maybe leaving her with you for the ball wasn't such a great idea. Oh, Harry fought to keep the disappointment from showing on his face. Seamus even said he'd heard from Lavender that Pavati said that she thought that Ginny knew dress rooms, whined Dean. Supposedly there was some big row in the corridor between her and Ron. I heard that, admitted Harry, but I really don't know one way or the other, he lied. Well, make sure she has a good time. You can do that, can't you? Sure, Dean, said Harry with a small smile. I said I would. Dean smiled as he patted Harry on the back. I knew I could count on you. Harry looked in the mirror as he retied the knot in his bow tie for the third time. Giving it up as a bad job, he swore and turned to see an equal look of horror on Ron's face. You're, ra you're looking rather fit tonight, mate, he teased. Shut it, growled Ron, who was desperately trying to make his life flat. Gaping in mock disgust, Harry rolled his eyes. I was being serious, you git. Those robes are much better than the frilly ones you wore a few years ago. Ron laughed nervously as he tug tugged his shirt sleeves from under the cuffs of his robes. A remarkable improvement, wouldn't you say? He asked with a grin as he bowed with a flourish. I'd say, agreed Harry with a hearty laugh. No one's going to, to accuse you of wearing Muriel's knickers this time. I reckon they're not, agreed Ron. Say, Harry, I know you just heard that row in the corridor between me and Ginny. I was being a bit, well, overprotective. But she is my sister, you know. Harry raised his eyebrows. Well, yeah, Ron, I've known that for six years. What's different about tonight? He asked uncomfortably, tugging on his collar, which suddenly felt very restrictive. Ron sighed and sat down in his four-poster, motioning Harry should do the same. I know I'm thick. Most time it takes me aeons to get things. But even I don't need Hermione to point this one out to me. Harry blanched. Well, you see, mate, stammered Ron, you've been staring at Ginny's arse for the better part of the term. I have not. Harry, please, argued Ron with a dramatic roll of his eyes. Just let me get through this, all right? He asked. So I saw those robes. I freaked out a little. I've not seen my sister quite like that, you know, busty and leggy and stuff. Busty and leggy? Choked Harry.
Uh, well, yeah, laughed Ron. I reckon you're really in for a night. Hermione and I have a bet on whether you'll just plain pass off in the shock of it. That's not funny, Ron. What I'm trying to say is that it's okay with me, offered Ron. I'd much rather it was you than Dean. Harry blushed to the roots of his hair. Thanks, mate. I was having a bit of a problem with how to talk to you about it, he admitted quietly. About Hermione. She's been waiting a long time for this, too, said Harry, looking pointedly at his best friend. I know, said Ron, turning the walk down the dormitory stairs. Now let's go to the girls. I hear they're really excited to go to the ball, you know. Let's go, grinned Harry. The pair took the stairs to the common room two at a time, where they stood and waited anxiously as, the, as girl after girl descended the dormitory stairs to greet her date or to head off to the great hall. When Harry was sure the girl's dorm had to be empty except for tittering first, second, and third years, he saw Hermione peek down the stairs nervously. Giving her a thumbs up, he smiled warmly to calm her nerves and beckoned her down the stairs. Harry watched his best friend in awe as she glided down the stairs, beaming at Ron. She was even more beautiful than he could have imagined her to be in sleeveless burgundy dress robes with a gold sash. She had her hair twisted up in a complicated style Harry had never seen before, and her eyes were smoky and alluring. She was wearing a sheer sort of wrap Harry was sure couldn't keep her warm, but as he glanced back over his shoulder at Ron, he decided warmth probably wouldn't matter as Ron wasn't likely to let Hermione get far from him for the rest of the evening. Ron was speechless and began stammering at her as Hermione left. If you think this is good, just wait until you see Ginny, she teased. Nothing could possibly be more amazing than this, breathed Ron as Hermione blushed prettily. Thank you, Ron. You're looking quite well yourself, she said in response as Ron returned her blush in kind. Harry grinned at his friends and turned back towards the stair when he felt his breath rush from his lungs and his head began feeling woozy and faint as Ginny started down them. She was descending slowly, her eyes locked on his, wearing the most amazing dress he'd ever seen. It was blue, a very deep midnightish sort of blue that set off the reds of her hair, and it had this odd neckline that hung. Hermione later called it a cow, and showed her chest in a way Harry reckoned was illegal. It had straps and no sleeves, showcasing her creamy, soft skin, and a long, straight skirt had it slit, exposing her right leg very far up her thigh. She also wore strappy heels that were practically non-existent, and Harry noticed she painted her toes a bright color of red. Gasping for air, he focused on her face and noticed her makeup was done much like Hermione's, dark and smoky, and her hair was braided and twisted into a more complicated style than even Hermione had attempted. He wasn't sure this was the same girl who played on his Quidditch team and lived at the burrow, this was a goddess, a dream, a busty, leggy, dewy-faced, creamy-skinned, bloody dream. Jenny smirked as she stepped lightly off the last stair. Flies, Harry. You should close your mouth. You're drawing flies, she laughed lightly. Harry snapped his mouth shut and gulped. You like? said Jenny, twirling for him, a gleam in her eye. B-b-b-beautiful! stuttered Harry, who still couldn't tear his eyes away from hers. Ginny grinned evilly. I shouldn't bring this up, but I reckon this is better than an old match with West Ham, isn't it? Harry's eyes grew round as saucers as his mouth fell open again. You knew? he asked in disbelief. Of course I knew, 
said Jenny gleefully. I sent Gene an owl today. Let's just say he's probably feeling very single about right now. An owl? muttered Harry as he raised his eyebrows, realizing what she meant, hearing Ron and Hermione laugh at him over his shoulder. Harry, your tie is dreadful. Would you like me to tie it for you? asked Ginny, looking him deep in the eye and stepping in close to pull the knot slowly undone. And then before he knew it, his hands were on her arms and then around her waist, and he was pulling her into him, and he was kissing her, and she tasted of strawberries and sunshine and wind and broomsticks and laughter and happiness, all the things he knew she was and everything he knew he wanted. Feeling her, feeling her grin into his mouth, they both began to laugh when they heard Ron groan. Oi, I know I gave my blessing, but give it a rest, he exclaimed. I can always change my mind. Ginny pulled away and smiled up into Harry's eyes, using her finger to wipe the lipstick from his lips. Turning round to Ron and Hermione, she laughed and winked at her brother. Make sure you're around when the twins send you that owl. I'm going to claim my twenty galleons. I bet them both I could make it happen before the ball. Harry laughed out loud. Taking Ginny by the arms, he reckoned that this was one bet he was happy to help her win. The End The Night Before Christmas, Pufo Edition By Julia, with help from Clement Clarmore T'was the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes the headmaster soon would be there. The masses were all sitting by their laptops, all tired from their long days at the shops. While Janet, with Jen in her kerchief and Meg in her cap, Dan sitting in comfort on P.S.'s lap. June, Mike, and Roz, with their blankets and tea, were all sitting comfortably chatting with Chi. Dobby and Julia came in with Melinda, hoping the fun she would not hinder. Keza was also there chatting and waiting while various websites Gen 2 was updating. When, to who are wondering I should appear, but head hat I can't, it's Huggles that screws me up. Okay, let's see here. Keza was also Keza was also there chatting and waiting while various websites Gen 2 was updating. When to our wondering eyes should who appear, and who's not even in the word, so I'm going to do that again. Keza was Keza was also there chatting and waiting while various websites Gen 2 was updating. When, to who our wondering eyes should appear, but Headmaster Huggles, the bringer of beer. Yay! You better edit that out. Anyway, sorry. I couldn't help myself. So who's messaging you? I'm sorry. I should be focusing on recording. Anywho. In Ryan came with a drink in his hand. Just sort... In Ryan came with a drink in his hand. Just what sort of... I can't say that. In Ryan came with a drink in hand. Just what sort of chat did he have planned? Who knew that he would bring all the booze rather than cause all the women to snooze? In came Danielle with even more drinks. Surely we'd all get up to hijinks. Gen 2 and Keza just stared in surprise while Richard and Dan got a look in their eyes. Melinda just... See, I say Melinda. Stupid Ryan is in his Melinda anyway. Oh, yes. Oh, I know. I'm, it's going to be awesome. I know all of the Pufwa fangirls will just love it. Oh, yeah. No, anyway. That better not go in the episode. I, I'm... See, this is horrible. They can't hear you. That's not fair. 
It's only my recording. Oh, well. I forgot where I was. Okay, anyway, oh, yeah. I was talking about Dan and Richard getting a look in their eyes. Melinda dispensed. <laughs> Ryan and his speech impediment. Anyway, no, it's not a speech impediment. It's just actually an accent. I don't mean that, Ryan, if you're... Because I know this is probably going to end up as a blooper, and I don't... Yeah, that better not be a blooper. Anyway. Melinda dispensed margaritas to all. What a great way to pregame the ball. I can't even say this right. I can't read. I'm not even... I could read when I was three, but I can't read when I'm 23. You know what? You mean you want me to do the entire thing over again? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, top, top. Okay, I see. Fine. Do you want this file or not? And it's probably a bit, it's probably a good thing. I'm gonna go ahead and stop. All